Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Hello. James is saying hello like by waving to the camera, but not everyone uh, watches the show. Uh, I whispered. YouTube, which... I whispered hello. Well, thank you. YouTube's uh, a funny which thing. Which you should. You... YouTube's a funny thing. It's very... Listen, we're not professional. It's a very finicky to export video on not a Mac. <laughs> Macs are a lot easier for this. And this is becoming quite difficult. So, because these files aren't large. These aren't small files. These are two hour long video files. <laughs> That's true. And like, I, I can't really say shit because Dustin goes in and he hosts and he organizes and he does all that. Jim does literally all the technical work of producing and stuff like that. I kind of just show up. Maddie's our sales guy. And uh, that is the voice of Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Oh, hello. Good, good evening. Um, but yeah, like there every week I'm just like, well, I try to like come up with help come up with topics and like do stuff because I'm like, I do nothing. <laughs> right. You're in sales. So I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> But well, yeah, no, like it's hello. <laughs> hello, Maddie. And this, of course, is 43.6. Thank you for uh, subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for sharing it with all your friends. We are available on all podcast services and sometimes available on YouTube, as James mentioned. Today, we are brought to you by Now Your Treasures. And there is a bit of a giveaway for Now Your Treasures. We'll talk a bit more about that later. Also on this show, we're going to talk about the Houston Astros. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball free agency. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving. NFL Week 10 picks, because Week 10 is upon us. Mitchell Miller found himself in the news, as did the Boston Bruins. And we have some things to say about that. The Toronto Maple Leafs are continuing a trend that uh, we need to discuss. And in the wrestling corner, we're going to talk about the... Uh, what I always called Blood Money, uh, the name of the pay-per-view, but I guess it's technically the pay-per-view is called Crown Jewel, and we want to discuss the main event of Crown Jewel because some interesting things came out of that. And of course, we will close out with some shout-outs. All that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode, episode 30 of 43.6. But first, before we get to all that, we want to talk about our week. Since the last time we all gathered around these microphones and discussed sports and other things... So, Maddie, we're going to start with you this time. How has uh, your past week been? So, my week is, like, it, it, it's weird. It, like, does nothing for, like, days. And then it's just a collection of shit happens in a span of, like, 48 to 72 hours. And also, too, my week has been invested in seeing how shitty our government is, just in general, right now. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, I didn't even think to talk about that, but, oh, boy. Just like an absolute gong show. And I just, obviously we're not going to get into it because that would take up a lot of time, but it's just like, it makes me weep of, you know, bring, bringing a child into this like current government. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. But see so you here nor there. Have you guys ever, and I'm sure, let me preface this. I know you guys have, but to what degree? Knocked your elbow on something and you get like the funny bone and the tingle, right? Yeah, of course. So I was taking a poo 
let me start with that. And I went to pull the toilet paper on like from the thingy. Well, is the thingy I, in front of you though? It's to your left, yeah, to your right. It's, or... it's like in front of me. Directly so like you. seats here, toilet paper's here. I pull the thing, but I guess I pulled too hard and I pull back and I hit my elbow off my shower door. Instantly arm dies and locks up and numb all the way down for like 45 minutes. And I'm sitting here. Thank God it was my left arm. I finished the wiping, struggled to get the pants up. I walked downstairs and I said to my wife, I was like, I may need to go to the hospital. She's like, why? I was like, my arm's not numb. I didn't give her any context. So she thought it was like a heart attack. Oh my She's God. like, wait, what? She's like, you're 34. Like, and I was like, no, no, no. I smacked it off the door. And I was like, my arm instantly just dead hang and numb from the elbow down. And like, it didn't go away for like 45 minutes. And I was sitting there freaking and there's like going like this. And it was like the worst experience of my life. Cause I, I thought I was dying. Why are like, you so, had... why are you so aggressively pulling toilet paper? <laughs> what, what did the toilet paper do to you? We I had... think I know exactly what happened. Like he's not. So when you rip off the toilet paper, you have like a way that you normally rip it. I yeah, feel like was... Maddie's the type of guy that's like rips it, you know, like, just 100%. really aggressively rips the paper off the roll. Well, like he's oh, fucking 100%. Indiana Jones and he's got <laughs> cracking he's whip. cracking a whip. <laughs> Pretty much. But no, I had this conversation with Jim and it was like, and that's the other part, Jim. Yeah. It was after the moment that I had explained to you. So it was just on top of stuff that I was just like hating my life. Another reason I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. But man's going through some know. personal personal health issues. <laughs> I know. I'm not essential. Let's just put it like this. I struggled because I think I'm not getting enough fiber. And it was like, Justin's I was unimpressed there, with your dietary choices right now. Pretty much. I was playing Marvel snap, which again, Dustin, you got to get on. It's addicting. As no, shit. I, ref- I refuse. No, it's so I know. Good. I know what's going to happen. You're and this happened to me with PUBG mobile where there was days on the weekend where I just laid in bed. Like I woke up at like nine, but I was still in bed till noon, just playing PUBG mobile, like for three hours sitting in bed. And I know this is what's going to happen. If I download Marvel snap, it's going to be one of those things where I wake up and the first thing I do, I'm going to grab my phone and start playing Mm -hmm. Marvel snap. And the next Mm -hmm. thing you know, it's time for lunch. Best thing is those matches last like five minutes. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to have 35 (laughs) matches though. That's the thing is, and you get addicted to getting your collection level up to get more cards. Did someone say 35 matches? Sounds like an indie wrestling card. Yeah, it does. But uh, I was playing Marvel Snap and I was on the phone and like, obviously, and then I texted Jim. I was like, you may need to take me to the hospital. Like I'm there's a problem. And then like it 45 minutes later worked itself out and then smashed my elbow. And then that same night, Going back to bed, woke up in the middle of the night to go pee, smack my knee off my dresser. Here's some like, shambles. Dude, I'm down bad. It's, yeah, just complete shambles. But so, other than the pain that I suffered for in the span of 24 hours at that point, um, no, just watched some hockey, hung out, played Marvel Snap, got myself ready for God of War, preloaded it, and literally watched the countdown that, because it has a countdown on it. And I watched the countdown for about an hour. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And I was like, God of War. She's like, it's five days. I was like, <laughs> leave me alone. All right. Yeah. Like, I need this game. I also put my pre-order in a couple days ago to get God of War. And I feel like Xbox Game Pass has spoiled me. 
because man, when I made that purchase for eighty nine ninety nine Canadian, <laughs> and after know, tax, man. it was like a hundred something bucks. I'm like, God damn it! Like with Game Pass, I just you just play it. For, I mean, it's not free because you're paying sixteen dollars a month or whatever it is, but it it seems more digestible than well dropping a hundred bucks for the level of content you get in Game Pass. It doesn't feel like sixteen ninety nine. Like there's times where it's like. I've downloaded three PC games, then gone and downloaded like three other games on the Xbox. I've played them all in like a month for, you know, a few hours on end. And the way I look at it, especially when it comes to buying a game, $89.99, I expect to get minimum 20 hours out of that, 20 to 30 hours out of that game. Any game I've gotten on Game Pass, I've gotten a minimum of like 10 to 15. That's more than just paid for Game Pass alone in terms oh, yeah. of and time. There, and there's so many times on Game Pass where I'll download something and play it. And then after like, an hour i'm thinking okay i'm good i don't want to play this ever again it's not that it's bad it's just it's not for me and i like the fact that i can just drop it and like tunic for example i know tunic is a really good game fantastic it's just it's just not for me so i i played it for like an hour and i said okay i'm fine never coming back this ever again but yeah so that was my weekend mentally prepping for god of war essentially and also mentally dealing with a life of pain (laughs) james (laughs) Um, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like I've been like trying to do different like TikTok recipes for like health and like, just cause you know, like healthy food's not very interesting. I'm pretty sure everybody knows this. Like very rarely do you find like health food interesting. So like you scroll through TikTok, you watch one video, all of a sudden you're fucking desperate to lose 100 pounds like that's the way the algorithm on tiktok is you watch one video man you watch that one video for just a little too long and the next thing you know every single video that you watch is a very tattooed girl uh listening to uh, bad omens bad omens yeah we have the same algorithm what (laughs) (laughs) i haven't gotten this video dude you listen to you watch you watch one girl talk about how she gives hand jobs all of a sudden you're a fucking pervert <laughs> like that's that's what happens on tiktok they're like oh another pervert it's and it's just a guy talking about the exact same type of videos yeah. like the same band so i feel yeah. like those videos are for everything but we have the exact same song it's just yeah. pretend by bad omens yeah right? which is a great song like fucking it's great, great. And, or the day seeker one have you seen that one too anyway um and it's just some guy the like if you're like what was that movie the horror movie where they um they bring awesome. kids to like the cabin and then they just keep like cabin fever was that it or where they feed the them woods? all the monsters i think it's cabin in the woods Friday yeah and it's like it's like a tv or they all take bets on whatever yeah i'm pretty sure that's cabin in the woods i imagine that it's like the tiktok people are like that they're just like oh another pervert and they just put like a line on the chalkboard and they're just like <laughs> you know so so uh the TikTok anyway, recipe resin. thing though did you get the fried chicken guy where he's just like so that's it that's what i made tonight yeah i made the, I made the keto popcorn fried chicken yes with but instead of corn flour i used almond flour and i used paprika and salt whatever and it was good but like it's dark meat and i don't normally cook dark meat so i don't know if i cooked it all the way so <laughs> if i pass out, if i pass out the salmonella got to me um do you not own a thermometer no <laughs> i don't <laughs> okay there you go yeah. straightforward question. maybe that's a, a a purchase coming up for you listen My if anyone, amazing. If anyone i start coming. if we get famous i'm gonna start an amazon wish list like uh <laughs> like all like all those indie like wrestlers all the do on tiktok yeah and tiktok uh and also not an only fans but an amazon wish list and Is on that it what they do 
Oh yeah, dude. If you if I I and this is the thing. I don't know whether to praise them or to be like, yes, eh, kind of grimy. But like, if you're like, if you're a thirst trap on like OnlyFans or like a lot of indie wrestlers will do this too. Um, they'll start like a wish list and they basically just say, and this is where I struggle with like either I, I'm impressed and admire it or I'm kind of like kind of grimy. You, you as a, as a female wrestler or OnlyFans person, like you spend your entire life just having dudes like drool over you and be disgusting and say, send you weird DMs and shit. So at some point that shit's got to come back around and you're kind of entitled to a few things off an Amazon wish list, <laughs> right? But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's like taking advantage of somebody's weird obsession at the same time, right? Like, like parasocial mentality. Yeah, I don't know. But if anyone's ever weirdly obsessed with me, you might want to start with thermometer. There you go. So now here brings up an interesting question about the whole Amazon wish list thing. And obviously, in this segment, we always digress into weird things. Now, is there? I guess I'm trying to think of what the term is. Is there like a code of conduct or a code of honor where it's like you're not putting on a five thousand dollar TV that you no. keep the things that no are... fucking people put whatever no they put, if they could put a fucking car they put they would they would a house yeah it would be up there and I guarantee you some J bro and some rich J bro would be like she's hot I'm buying her house like <laughs> somewhere. It would happen. You know, Dustin's no nodding because he knows it would happen. Some, it would 100% happen. Somewhere, Dustin's some, like, I bought a girl somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, some dude is like, if Jordan Grace would let me buy her house, I would buy her house. Okay, so it's the weirdest thing to me. And like the Amazon wishlist thing, I think is, I don't, I don't think it's that weird. Like, I mean, I would personally not buy anything for anyone. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, I just don't think I had the capacity to give a shit about somebody. But, <laughs> Um, in general, yeah, just in general. So, especially not a stranger, right? But I, th what I think is worse, and especially in uh, independent wrestling or just wrestling in general, I guess. But you typically only see independent wrestlers doing this, and this is not exclusively a female wrestler thing. The guys do this too. No, absolutely. Where they, where they sell their old gear. So it's like, hey, I want to get new gear for a big match coming up, and it's going to cost me, you know, three hundred bucks or whatever. I don't wear this thing anymore. I'll put it up for sale and someone will buy it for 400 bucks. And there I just made money for my next pair of gear. But like oh. the girls make a lot of money. I remember, I don't remember who it was specifically. And I don't think, and I don't think they'll want to be named <laughs> for me to, uh, don't name names. to tell this story. So I won't name any names, but I remember a female wrestler telling me that she sold some of her previously used gear and the person that she sold it to was upset that she washed it before she sent it. Like he received the package. I think I know both the vendor and customer in this situation. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember were, this story. Were you the customer? No. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the customer was quite the connoisseur of female attire around the uh, the Ontario indie wrestling circuit. Would I be like, wrong in that assessment? I, I don't. I don't know who you're talking about. I, I bet if you told me uh, privately later, I would know who you're talking about, but. Yeah, but again, like I'm sure there's plenty of people who are like that, and I don't 
yeah. But I guess I guess what it boils down to, like, you know what? Fuck it. If you can do it, do your thing. Like, you're not stealing. Yeah. Oh, you're okay, not... So, like, I'm not criticizing the people who sell it. Like, I mean, if someone wants to buy my sweaty socks, I'll sell it to you, too. I don't care. But uh, I'm just I'm fascinated by the people who are interested in that sort of thing. To buy it's it. Actually, what, what did I get solicited for once when I had my podcast? I got asked for... Actually, it was my boxers. I got asked once, DMs for Twitter, if I would like to sell my boxers because so again so the old podcast the actually undies, man those are expensive don't do it they did it, the podcast did fairly well and i got a dm on twitter saying hey podcast is awesome have you ever thought about selling your stuff blah 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 and there's like it was like a website they were soliciting me to sell the stuff and it's like it's like a, it's for like admittedly it's for like gay dudes but obviously um so well, there's up, no woman on the planet who's buying this shit, regardless if you're half the time, it. dude. They're half the time they're trying to fucking get rid of it out of some out of their house or out of their own. Like they're just trying to clean it. So anyway, he's well, like, the, they sent me say you could like list your shit as a dude, and like and I, for like literally maybe 15 minutes, I considered it. And I was like, you know, no one's gonna know that it's well. I guess the people buying it with me, but like. What does someone say? Hey, man, I saw your shit for sale. Oh yeah, were you thinking of buying it? Like what? Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's like what would it's lose lose for calling you out? Yeah, how it. how am I a loser in any of the situations? I couldn't think. You know, it was only I guess a little bit of like my personal, not pride, but like apprehension. But like I, I could have done it. I'm not gonna lie, I would do feet pics. If someone would buy pics of my feet, I would 100% sell pics Nobody's of my feet. buying oh, pictures of your feet. I know. My feet are gross. Because, like... I mean, it probably doesn't matter. I'm sure you can start an OnlyFans account To be right fair. Now yeah, there's you know, somebody will buy them. Should we yeah. do it as, like, an experiment? I can take feet pics in, like, different... Like, in a bowl of flour. Or, like, <laughs> feet pics in some, <laughs> in some grass or some shit like that. Like, should we try it? Just di- dipping in and out of olive oil. <laughs> yeah, just, like... Or like, what 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 else would be like egg yolks? You know, just just all food. Yeah, just feet just, and food. You know, dude, new Instagram account, feet and food. Feet food. <laughs> it's just like try this. he just shoves his foot in the turkey. <laughs> hey, we're not saying anything. We're just spitballing here. You know, we're yeah, just, yeah. We're just grabbing some ideas. Dude, just yeah. Thanksgiving. Stuff the <laughs> caption is just stuff a turkey. It's just you fucking. Boot fucking a turkey. Yeah, I was gonna say shove my foot inside the ass. Just shin deep. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna brainstorm this one. This is gonna percolate for a bit. We'll see if we can make it happen. Yeah, you workshop that one, you let us know. Yeah. But yeah. Do a couple focus groups. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of foods would you like to see my feet in? Are you? Hey, what kind of food do you like? <laughs> Italian. <laughs> Are you more into Asian foods? Yeah, it's Italian. Diwali. It's Diwali, so it's just butter chicken. This is. It's just like you can do it. You can do it for every event. Yeah, that'd be yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Lunar New Year. I'm putting my feet into some chow mein cake. Yeah, chow mein. Yeah, chow mein. <laughs> All right. As sad as this is, I'm willing to bet this probably already exists. Not for me. Uh, I task you, I task you to find it, sir. 
Well, no, I absolutely will not. Even he doesn't want that on his TikTok or searches. Because no, it's, it's, it'll bleed everywhere, man. You, you search for one thing on Google, TikTok. and then everything your Google account is like, attached to. Not another foot pervert. That's it. <laughs> Dustin's I in two do, columns. Yeah. What, what is it? He's going to get bad omens of some broad sticking her feet into some food. Yep. This guy's going to get bad ramen. together. The next thing you open up a TikTok and yeah, bad ramen. a bad omen song with with feet all of a sudden. Yeah. You know what? The thing is, it's going to be mine. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Bad ramens. <laughs> bad ramen. But anyway, we digress. Dustin, Dustin. you're weak, sir. All right. So Greek here's time? the thing. Boston Here, pizza? Here's the thing. Yeah, it's Boston awesome Pizza. Music. Okay, right. I, I, so to pull the curtain back a little bit, we have this uh, chat on Discord where we just drop in like random notes of what we're going to talk about. And all I wrote in was Boston Pizza, and it very, it, it very much confused Maddie. Like on a Sunday morning, he's like, "What the fuck?" Like, what? Because it was like, like nine a.m. and I'm like, "Boston Pizza, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, I just wrote this down because like I know I'm going to forget about it. Um, so I was at the Leafs game on Saturday night, and after the Leafs game ends. Now, there's a decision to make. It's like, we're going somewhere, like to get a beer, have something to drink, or what, like whatever. But where are you going to go after a Leafs game? Loose Moose. You, so that's a option, but you know the Loose Moose is going to be rammed. Okay? Before you even get to Loose Moose, you walk out the door and RS, Real Sports, is right there. But you know that place is rammed. So you just got to mo- keep moving, right? So you keep walking further west. And yeah, you can go up north up to Loose Moose, or you can go to Jack Astor's. St. Louis. Or yeah. St. Louis. Well, like Isn't all the way it... at Spadina? No, it's no, down in front of the Rogers Center. Right buddy. there. It's on like Bremner. Yeah. St. Louis. On Bre- no, yeah it's, Saint, yeah, it's on the corner of Spadina and Bremner. Yeah, it's not that far. But that's way further down. Anyways, what I'm saying is you have options all around the stadium, or the arena, I should say. And the ones that are good, you know, are going to be rammed, and the ones that aren't good are probably still going to be rammed. So you're like, there's not a whole lot of options. Like, if you end up at Hoops, you know you're going to have a bad night. Like that place is just a, a Hoops sucks. show. Hoops is horrible. The service sucks, and the food sucks. And I, I'm pretty sure all those TVs in there are like 720p. It's just not even worth going. There's still just the old CRTs. There's still the big block ones with the heavy fucking brackets. <laughs> so. Anyway, so we decided we'll walk far enough away up to John Street in front to get to Boston Pizza. We figured that's far enough away where it's not going to be enough Leafs fans going there and we can just have a drink and watch the baseball game because it was World Series, okay? Uh, table of eight, no problem. that We get seated as a table of eight and we're in like this, uh, I don't want to say private area, but like another area off to the side of the main dining room where they put big groups. And in this room, there are two TVs on the north wall, and there's a bank of four TVs done like a grid on the east wall. So it's one image just spread between four TVs. One feed, I should say. We walk in, and all of those TVs are on like Showtime Boxing on TSN3. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, what are we doing here, guys? Like... I'm I'm now trying to figure out like what on earth was on TSN three anyways that like clearly no one asked to watch this this boxing card from three months ago like something I mean it's TSN right like TSN doesn't have any programming period uh, and James actually you missed this before when I first logged on today 
I went to TSN's website to look up some stories, and there was like this message that popped up saying, "Hey, we noticed you have an ad blocker on. Please take one for the team and turn off your ad blocker." Yeah, I got the same message. <laughs> like, what? No. God damn, TSN is just a so sad. goddamn joke. Oh, and okay, before I get too far off TSN, apparently 4K doesn't exist in TSN land anymore. Like the channel is a thing, but every time the Leafs are playing and the Raptors are playing, there's no TS. There's no 4K feed. Yeah, like, they'll do that. They'll do a Habs Jets game on TSN 4K. Get it together, TSN. Yeah. Clean get, that shit get your up. shit together. Listen, they Anyways, leave it. They so, leave the rig there for, <laughs> for as long as they can, because they don't want to pay to truck it around. So, anyways, do, yeah. the server uh, comes by and takes our drink order, and I ask him, like, "Hey, man, could you, uh, could you or someone put the baseball game on any one of these TVs? I don't care which one." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, what baseball game?" Oh, sir! Oh, my fuck's sake, man! Like, okay, listen. I know not everyone gets sports, but to me, in that moment, I was just like, "I don't know what to say to you right now." And I'm like, "Okay, um, what are you new?" Just the only baseball game. Just yeah, there's only actually only one right now. Yeah. It's literally the only baseball game on right now. Just, that's that's all I'm asking for. He's like, "Okay, no problem. We'll go ask the manager." So he goes into ask the manager to turn the baseball game on, and they changed the the four quadrant TV gimmick, and they tried to change that to the baseball game. But what ends up happening is three of the four quadrants end up on baseball, and the bottom right half quadrant is still on this boxing match. <laughs> so you so see feet. all I see is like the feet of boxers on the bottom right, and like an <laughs> L shape feed of the baseball game. <laughs> this is. What to expect when you go to Boston Pizza? No, no, it's not. I will hold on, hold on. I will give you another Boston Pizza story that is hilarious too. So a few weeks ago, I was at a work event and I took a bunch of my uh, coworkers to RS Real Sports because I said RS has their shit together. If you go to RS, you know you're going to get good service. You're going to get okay food, and the service is garbage. Uh, every it's, it's been. Every sport available is being broadcast somewhere. And you don't have to ask them. They already know what's going on. And not only that, this is what's great about RS. They'll have the volume on to whatever, you know, major event that's happening. And the second that game goes to to intermission or goes to a commercial, they have like a music guy who like all of a sudden starts spinning tracks. He's a DJ is going for like a minute and a half during his commercial break playing like Seven Nation Army or something. And then when the game is back from commercial, music is off volume back up on the game like they have their shit together in that respect where if you go there to watch a, a sporting event they know what's up it's the big you don't have to it's not amateur hour exactly it's not amateur hour like boston pizza you don't have to explain to your server uh what the world series is and what channel it's on so we have dinner there great i went back to my hotel for a little bit and then i had some other friends who were like yo we're at boston pizza you want to come by for a drink it is now nine o'clock on a sunday maybe nine thirty. I walk into this Boston pizza, same one, mind you. So maybe it's not just Boston pizza in general, or it's just this particular location at Front and John. I walk into this Boston pizza and half the TVs at 930 at night on a Sunday are on the Big Bang Theory. It is the Big Bang Theory. There's definitely a football game. Right. Why is it on Big Bang Theory? Because Big Bang Theory is on Fox. And there was probably a four o'clock football game that was on Fox. So they had the wherewithal to change the television to Fox during the four o'clock hour. And they left it on Fox. 
for the rest of the night. So you would have got the news broadcast after <laughs> the game. You would have got like, I don't know, some rerun of just some random Buffalo local news. Just <laughs> random local Buffalo WUTV Fox news. And that was what had been on that TV. You, I don't understand listen, how this Boston Pizza is still in business. That can't back, be a cheap. Back in the day, Boston Pizza was a spot. Dude, we watched the Maple Leafs collapse at a Boston Pizza with our, our boy Jean. <laughs> Which one? Jean, Jean Pierre. The, the Dion Phaneuf not pushing uh, Zidane Ocharo from the front of the or net. Zidane yeah. Um, we also watched the Boston Vancouver finals there, too. But we, uh, I remember, we like the place was packed. We always had our own table because the bartenders there knew us, so they always just had it ready. Like there was no like the center table. They would call me the day of a game saying, "Are you guys coming in? We'll reserve the table now." Yeah, they would give us free drinks. It was the best. Yeah. And I just my memories of that. It was Young and Shepard back in the day, dude. When the Leafs were up four to one, I was jumping up and down with this large black man. I don't know who he is to this day. He's like, I, I would post something in misconnections if I could for this man. <laughs> Jumping up and down celebrating was very, very large black man. When the lease collapsed, I was in tears in this black man's arms at a Boston pizza. <laughs> so don't shit talk Boston pizza because I, I have moments. I have moments, yeah. No, well, that, it, those were the days. And those were the days where we had like so much disposable income where it's like we had like not great jobs, but like, you know, when you're living at home and your expenses are literally your phone bill. I mean, it's you can go out every night and it's not really anything money wise. So it's, you know, also too the cost of everything back then wasn't nearly as bad as it is now. So yeah, that was like we were going out for hockey games, basketball UFC. games, everything, UFC. And we were there all the time. And that's why the servers and a lot of the servers there in there when they weren't working would come in and just hang out. And then they would hang out with us. Like Jim said, we get like free drinks and stuff. They'd be like, come on, come on, come on. And whatever, we'd be there. It'll close. And that game, I remember there was a few broken dishes. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, Boston well, is great. That's my Boston pizza. Pizza. That's my Boston pizza experience, and it's not great. I also had an IKEA experience this weekend, and it was great. Um, I went early in the morning. I got all my shit done, and I was gone by like eleven o'clock. That is the way to do it, ladies and yes. uh, ladies and eat? ladies. Was only ladies listen to this podcast. Did you eat? I yeah. did. I had the breakfast. I did not have lunch. I only had breakfast. But I've I never gotten IKEA breakfast. Power move to stay there, dude. This is a power move. If you are there, and you have both breakfast and lunch, if you, that is, that is I did almost, consider it. I was I was feeling the hot dog as I left because the hot dogs are like a dollar or something. But they didn't start serving till like noon. So that's I was almost not gonna wait around for an hour. Airbnb IKEA. That's almost. That's very close. That would be a power move. You did yep. both. And Loki, their carrot cake is very good. But yeah. Like, carrot cake's my favorite cake. And they have a carrot cake there, and I was very judgmental. It was a very good carrot cake. The clutch thing about IKEA breakfast is that it's like three pieces or four pieces of bacon for like two or three dollars or whatever. But like the people cashing out don't want to count. So if you just put a bunch on, they're like uh three, six dollars, whatever. They don't care. You just fucking take a take a full plate of bacon, they're like whatever. Pro move right there. 
There you yeah. go. I know. Veteran savvy. Now, I suppose we should actually get into the sports talk now. <laughs> so since we're about half hour into this podcast, usually how this show goes. Uh, first story, I don't know if we're going to talk a lot about this, but the Houston Astros won the World Series. Uh, shout out to Dusty Baker for getting his first World Series ring. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I still hate the Astros and fuck these guys. Yeah, we kind of we kind of had this conversation yesterday. I was like, I'm happy for Dusty Baker, and there's some guys I like on the team. Like, I don't mind, I I don't mind Justin Verlander. Like, yeah, he's okay. No, I'm with you. Like, I like Verlander. I like Kate Upton a lot too. Like, I don't know if you saw any of the. Well, sure, that's not what I meant, but you're right as well. Um, (laughs) She's the anti Giselle in that interview. Yeah, yeah, like some of the media availability that they had, and they're, you know, they weren't really asking her, but they were asking her, like, kind of like this is a similar situation with Tom Brady. Like, how do you feel about him coming back for another season? She's like, I love it. Like he yeah. loves, like he loves playing baseball. This is his passion. Like, yeah, she's I like, love I love supporting him with yeah. his passion. Yeah. Like, oh, that sounds like a healthy marriage. <laughs> right. So I love him. I mean, Jordan Alvarez wasn't there and he fucking, Jordan Alvarez rocks. He's wicked. So, um, but fuck Bregman, fuck Altuve. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys can go fuck themselves. But I was also saying to to Matt, I mean, it's hard to sit here and say fuck Bregman and fuck Altuve, yet we cheer George Springer at every chance we get. So mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, it's a little bit yeah, hypocritical. I, I said that last night. We were kind of watching the Leaf game and talking about it as we were watching the game, and I had said, "Is it just me, or did George Springer just kind of skate through all that shit?" The whole Houston Astros skated through all that shit because COVID hit. Like there was supposed to be that that year where everyone was gonna boo them out of the building, but there was no fans in the building. Right, but I just mean like guys still got attention, but George Spurn never got any attention for it at all. Well, because he know? skipped town. Yeah, that's obviously probably the biggest thing of it. But you know, like as a Jays fan, it's we were just like, well, he's the new shiny toy. Let's just let it go. I also I also said like, listen. The the Phillies manager made the John Schneider mistake. He took Zach Wheeler out, pitching a gem of a game. Yeah, and might have cost him the World Series, or at least a game, another game. So yeah, at least one more game. But that bomb by uh, was Alvarez was was oh, unreal. Oh man, when he hit a no doubter to straightaway that's, center, that's a champion's like, that's a champion swing. Yeah, yeah, that's a. To me, that's a go fuck yourself swing. I want my ship. Do you know what I mean? Like he just, he stood up there and he was like, done. And it was like, yeah, right off the bat. There was no, is it, you know, is it, it was, that's gone. Where you just hear it and you're gone. But no, like for guys like that, who weren't there for it. And, you know, like you said, Dusty Baker, Alvarez and shit like that. Like good on them. Happy for them. The other guys, fuck them. You know, they need shit. Well, now for 30, 29 other teams, time to pick up the pieces and try to field a championship team for 2023. And with that, free agency is about to begin for Major League Baseball. Looking at the list, man, there's some good players here. There's some really good players here. And... I don't know how the Blue Jays are going to attack this. I know, James, you said you're looking at an article that had like the top about 25 or something free agents available, and none of them were listed as like Blue Jays being on the radar. 
Dude, it was CBS but, an hour ago, and they have the top yeah. 50, and, like, two of them. And, like, listen, I know that baseball is full of, like, 3,000 players because every team has a 40-man roster, but, like, these are, like, nobodies that they put down. Like, some some guy, Waka? Watcha? Like, who the fuck what, is Michael that guy? Waka? Yeah. Waka Waka. They got yeah, him I going to the Jays. He's, like, 35. Like okay, they also, have Chris, they also have Chris Bassett as listed as going to the Jays. Maybe the fuck is Chris Bassett? I have no idea. I'm literally just looking at the article <laughs> and I searched Blue saying. Jays on the screen. Just Control F Blue Jays. Oh yeah, no, it's it shows two results. Yeah. yeah, Ty Ty Anderson. Who's this clown? So I Kura guess Senga. The question is, what do you want from? your Toronto Blue Jays. Like, what do you think looking forward? Like, I'm looking at the list and I'm saying, okay, great. It would be amazing if the Jays would get DeGrom. The Jays are not going to get DeGrom. They're not going to spend $41, $42 million a year on a pitcher. Not that they haven't before. I mean, they haven't before. They've never have. But they have spent before, right? Like, you know, looking at Barrios, who got a $131 million contract. Springer got a $150 million contract. Gossman, $110 but I don't see them almost doubling that. Almost doubling that. If you're looking at a guy like DeGrom, like Verlander, those guys are going to get $40 million plus. So I don't think the Blue Jays are in that conversation. That would be nice, for sure. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'm looking at a guy like Trey Turner, who I think would be absolutely perfect for this team. But then again, Trey Turner would be absolutely perfect for 29 other teams. So... In a perfect world, the Blue Jays would get Trey Turner, and you put him at shortstop, you move Bobochet to second, and all of a sudden you have a gold glove infield, aside from Bobochet, who will still be a hole. But you know, with, with Chapman and Turner and, I mean, Guerrero, who Glad literally won the gold glove this year. Thanks to both trash throws. Exactly. You have a significantly upgraded infield, plus Trey Turner can do it all with the bat, plus he can steal you 30, 35 bases. He's a perfect fit for this team. Uh, of course, of course, it would be amazing to get Aaron Judge. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that would be amazing, and he'd be a great fit. The only issue that I see with all the, like, looking down the list of all these free agents, you can say, yeah, Correa would be nice, and like I was saying, like Turner would be nice, and Judge would be nice. All these guys are right-handed hitters. I don't know if there is a left-handed hitter that's any good that's available. And if they are, they're probably a first baseman. And we know the Jays probably don't need a first baseman. So you're looking at if they are going to get a left-handed bat, it's going to have to be a DH. Not necessarily. Like, okay. okay, then what's your option then? Andrew Benatendi. Yeah, you could put Benatendi in the outfield. I guess in my head, I'm thinking Aaron Judge is signing with the Blue Jays. So we don't necessarily have room for him in the outfield. But no, it's a good point. It could be Benatendi. The thing about the outfield, too, is let's be real here. Gurriel and Hernandez are due contracts. So they, you know, I still think one or both of those guys are potentially trade fodder, depending on what they do in free agency. I I don't know that... I don't know that you can keep both, to be honest. And And improve in the areas that you need to improve the team you know if if they're going to get starting pitching i mean what 
I know Verlander, I know the Blue Jays were on Verlander's radar before he signed with the Astros again, so I don't think it's entirely out of the realm of possibility that he come, but I think winning another championship, he probably stays and, and ends his career in, in Houston. Um, but I wouldn't, again, like it's, it's gas out of the bullpen, which I think is not going to cost you a lot. So I don't, so I think they can parlay the, pieces of Teo or Gurriel and something else into into a starting pitcher um the thing about like a Trey Turner even if Trey Turner was to come here like I get moving Bichette to second but we had an all-star second baseman in Espinal so like I don't like how much better are we getting I know I know Espinal was an all-star but by the end of the year he wasn't even playing second base Whit Merrifield was the starting second baseman. But that's also a combination of injuries as well. And the fact that Wade could bat left-handed. Sure, but I think once once Schneider took over, I think Espinal fell out of favor in that lineup. Which is weird because he had a decent bat the whole year. And he was solid. Like I don't know why he fell out of favor, if that's the case. But, hey, like... I guess stranger things. I guess managers have a way they want to construct their roster and they have ideas, and that's so be it. I, I don't. I just. I don't see. I don't see them moving forward with the exact. Definitely, like I think they're going to look a lot different next year. I think three to four pieces are going to look different. They need a legit setup man, and whether that's Nate Pearson or whatever as the heater in the bullpen, they got to figure that out. And I, and I think they could use a little more gas out in the in the starting rotation i mean they got guys who throw lots of movement and junk and especially if, if ryu's healthy like that's just another junk baller right so for five and a half innings if you're lucky yeah yeah i don't know like it's we can all talk about all these guys like like you said trey turner aaron judge benintendi whatever but that wasn't the issue for this team it was the bullpen and <clears throat> starting pitching obviously you think you know, Barrios rebounds and comes back and he's better. Even if he's a little better than he was this year, you'll take it, right? So I think, yeah, we could pie in the sky and be like, Trey Turner would be great. Aaron Judge would be great. And all these guys would be great. It doesn't solve the problem that we had last year, as Jim said. There's still no bullpen. You're still wondering who you're, and if chicken strips is probably gone, you're still wondering who your fourth and fifth starters are, who your closers are. Well, not closer because you have Romano, but you know, who your setup guy, who's your long man, who's your left handed heat, your right handed heat, who's there's so many holes in that pitching staff that if I'm Ross Atkins and Shapiro, I'm not even looking at the bats or the defense right away. Yeah, I guess the only benefit that you can see from the situation is that they're not losing a whole lot to free agency. The only guys that are on the actual, who the only guys who are on the playoff roster who are free agents currently are Jackie Bradley Jr., who I Gone. expect would not come back anyways. Anthony Bass, who I expect won't be back anyways. Who Megalol? And... And chicken strips. And that's the only three. Like, there's also like Sean Anderson and Juan Gratterall and, and Joe no. Biagini are free. Wait, he's still on the team? 
He right? came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Biagini was brought back in in a minor league deal. Um, these are all these are all like these are all grocery sticks. Like, no, I'm just saying. Like, so of the actual guys who are on the roster, Stripling, Bass, and Bradley Jr. are the only guys they're losing. So they can run it back for the most part. Their entire offense from last year. Right now, obviously, they have to come to terms with some a lot of guys that are arbitration eligible, and that's <laughs> Tay Oscar Guerrero Jr. Bichette Tapia Chanson. Simber, Romano, Biggio, Meza, Espinal, Zimmer, Thornton, Richard. Like, all those guys are arbitration eligible. Well, not Zimmer. He can get the fuck out. No one cares about him. No, no one gives a shit about Zimmer. But, you know, it, Zimmer's got four years of team control if uh, his arbitration goes well. <laughs> See, I wouldn't be, team control. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that they bring JBJ back. I honestly wouldn't. He's got speed. He plays half-decent defense. His bat is literally where balls go to die. But again, with that offense, as a guy you can plug in in late game situations when you need somebody on the bases and you want to have solid defense, it's not a bad option. And again, when we're talking about the guys lot, yeah. that... Sorry? If you're not paying him a lot, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and it's veteran leadership, a guy who's won, right? So um, I don't think that that could be understated. But the other piece too is we talk about these guys they signed. Again... It all depends on what they do with with those outfielders. If they parlay those outfielders into some pitching help, then a guy like Benetendi makes a lot of sense. And I know they wanted him before, but the Vax thing kind of got in the way. So now that those things are are lifted, I don't know if he holds any resentment to the like the country or whatever. But um, he, money holds no resentment for guys, though. Also right? true. Um, that like it's they they need they need a left handed bat as. Not as bad as they need pitching, but pretty bad. Because like the Jays, you could see easily past, I would say June, July, how other teams approach this team in terms of, of pitching. And I mean, if I watch Teo swing at another down and away pitch, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> so I just, I just they they need I to mean, shake up the lineup and give guys different looks. And right now they don't. I think we're also forgetting what they have in the system too that may be coming up as well, both from you know position players and shit like that. Like you got to assume Moreno's here from day one and he's sticking, right? Yeah, right. Same with Orlovis Martinez. Martinez. Looks like he's ready. Uh, Otto Lopez was here for brief stints last year as well. Looked like he right. can contribute as well. So you're right. They can definitely fill from within. I should also correct myself. Anthony Bass is on a club option. I don't know if they officially said they're not picking up the club option. So Bass may be back, but I don't know if they will want him for $3 million. And to, to your point, if Gabe's ready, now again, they have like they have a lot of surplus that can go out the door. Like Danny they Jansen. They catching surplus for sure. Danny Which, Jansen and Alejandro Kirk are both very valuable assets externally. So, well, especially with Danny Jansen, how he picked it up this season with the bat. And I just, my fears is how good Jansen is defensively. Is do you really want, do you know what I mean? You know, you, you know, oh, you have your offensive. Me. Yeah, Kirk's the odd man out to me, I think, at this yeah. point. I think, you know, I think what you with, get from Moreno's bat replaces what exactly. you get in Kirk's bat. And, not, I'm not trying to be a dick, but Moreno might run the bases a bit quicker. <laughs> so, well, no, it's true. Like, you you might be sacrificing power and long ball, but there's a lot of those stretch singles that Kirk didn't get that Moreno probably is getting. And then, so, and Kirk's value is going to be great. 
yeah. right now. You Here, know? Here's the only thing that you need to consider, though. And I agree with you. I think if between all of them, I think Kirk is the one you probably should move. But he was pretty much the exclusive catcher of Alec Manoa this year. Alec Manoa, who just got named as a finalist for the Cy Young Award. Now, I don't think he's going to win the Cy Young, but it's going to be interesting discussion if you tell your Cy Young nominated starting pitcher, your ace, that we're shipping out your catcher. Right, but it's part of baseball. And if he takes sure. it that bad... No, I'm saying going to take it badly, but I'm just saying like it's part of the, of the success, yeah. right? Yeah, there's no, a rapport sure. between it's, pitcher and catcher, but... Well, there's the whole... Well, look how it worked out for R.A. Dickey and what's his tits. Oh, Josh Tolley? Sure. <laughs> yeah, Josh Tolley had a career because of R.A. Dickey. If yeah. he wasn't one of the only guys who could catch that ball, he would not be an MLB bat catcher. What about the guy from Boston? Was it Doug Mirabelli or whatever? Like the guy, or is yeah. it Jason Baratek? Whomever no, it was Mirabelli. who caught Tim Wakefield. Like the, the, he was on the roster exclusively for Tim Wakefield. And I don't think that's going to be the case for Kirk, right? He obviously is valuable to this organization in other ways, but... That's what I mean. Like, I think if you look that, at it, that's going to be assets. a factor when they decide who to trade. That's all I'm going to say. Right, but they have they have they actually have a lot of assets. If you think, I say Guriel and Kirk are the two guys that are your biggest chips that you could ship out and not feel bad or feel like you're taking too much away from the team. I think Biggio is a guy too. Yeah, and I think Teo as well. I don't think yeah. like again one of Teo or Guriel. I think is is the one that goes. I don't think both I go, think, but I think. The only thing that bothers me about Teoscar is some of just the brain farts he has in the field. Or in the laziness sometimes. The yeah. Just like not running the bases hard. Like that drives me nuts. But yeah. Again, talented hitter. And, you know, what if, what if they find a way to move him to DH and they're able to, to, to fill the spots other, like we don't know. Like, what is can Otto Lopez play right field? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Lopez did play at the outfield at times, so maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe they transition to him to a full time fielder, right? Depending on what they do with moves and the whatever. benefit is that much, much like I always sometimes wish for, you know, you look at the Raptors, you look at the Jays. Like sometimes I wish the Leafs bench was as deep in the system as as the Jays are. Like. And that's the one thing we always said when Shapiro and Atkins came here, when they were talking, like when people were like, oh, they're getting rid of, uh, they're not signing, but they're not doing like, listen, guys, in a few years, this team is going to have a treasure trove of riches in the minor system. And we're starting to see that right um, now. Did they parlay Groshans into a, enough <laughs> for, for what we probably, I don't think so, but their, their farm system is, is still pretty strong. Like still really strong, and that's currency in the MLB, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, guys, we for the past couple of weeks have been sponsored by a wonderful sponsor, Now Your Treasures, and in collaboration with Now Your Treasures, in our thirtieth episode, Now Your Treasures is going to do a giveaway for five up to five prints for a giveaway. Now, in order to win one of these five prints. You have to do a couple things. One, you have to go to their Instagram page. It's very easy. <laughs> you go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. All right. By the time this episode comes out, there's going to be a post on Now Your Treasures Instagram account. It's going to be their 399th post if you want to go back and count all of them. 
it'll be very clearly the contest post. All you gotta do, like that post. That enters you into the draw to win one of the five prints available, courtesy of our friends at Now Your Treasures. That's one thing you gotta do. All you gotta do, hit, hit like, and you're in the contest. The second thing you can do is follow Now Your Treasures on Instagram. So that's two ways you can enter into this contest. And for the record, you can enter as many times as you want. You want to create like a bunch of ghost accounts and you know, I don't, I don't recommend doing this. I know Elon Musk get really mad about you creating ghost accounts, but burners, Kevin burners Durant accounts, be like Kevin Durant and set up a bunch of different accounts. But what you can do, yeah, just like the post and then follow now your traders on Instagram. Also, while you're at it, follow 43.6 on Instagram as well. That'll get you another entry into this contest. There's already three entries into this contest. All you got to do is like, follow and follow. If you then go another step further and repost the 399th post, the post we're talking about on Now Your Treasures Instagram account, the one that you got to like, just repost it on your story and you tag us and you tag Now Your Treasures. That's another entry into this contest. And if you go to that same post, the one you've already liked and the one you've already reposted and you comment on it and tag someone in the comment, every time you tag someone, that's another entry. So you can just keep commenting and keep tagging and you'll just continue to gather more entries into this contest to win one of five prints. Also, there's one last thing you can do. For every entry, if you just comment, also hashtag 43.6 on that giveaway post, the 399th post that you're going to see on the Now Your Treasures Instagram account, if you comment with hashtag 43.6, that is another entry into this contest. Now you have to act quickly though, because the deadline is going to be midnight on November 13th. So you got all that, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram, check out the post, like it, comment it. When you comment, tag a bunch of people. Every time you tag someone, you get an entry. Every time you use the hashtag 43.6, you get an entry. You follow them, them being Now Your Treasures, you get another entry. You follow us, us being 43.6, you get another entry. And finally, if you just add that same post to your story and tag both Now Your Treasures and 43.6, another entry, another chance for you to win one of five prints that are going to be given away absolutely free, no purchase necessary. Full details will be found at Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Sounds like Pepsi now, points, gentlemen. man. Well, those entries, like someone's going to redeem yeah. it for a plane. Like <laughs> We've seen some of their prints at Fan Expo. They're really nice. Like there was a three piece pack, and I don't know if you remember this one, Jim, where it was the 90s X Men, mm -hmm. where each it was like them in the danger room. And so, one panel it was essentially three that you would put together. One of them was Cyclops and Jean Grey, then there was like Storm, and I think it was Rogue, and then it was Wolverine, and um, I think it was Jubilee or somebody, but or Beast, but. It was cool. And it was in like this cool, really cool two-tone. It was like a pinkish uh, red with like a navy blue black. It was, it was really sick. Mm -hmm. I tried to take it from him. He caught me. Said no. But they're really nice. And now if you say if you win, you get picked three times with all your entries. <laughs> you can get all three of the panels. I, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I think you can only with win I think you can only win one of the five, right? Right, but I'm saying if you have the Kevin Durant burner. <laughs> it's just all the burner yeah. accounts. You <laughs> yeah, just... All five of my burners won. Yeah. Could you imagine? Imagine 
Imagine also being a teammate of Kevin Durant. Oh, God. And imagine playing for a team like the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't know what you guys, you ever been to Brooklyn? Brooklyn's a really nice place. I have been to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I ate, uh, I had dinner with John Briley of former Progress fame uh, down the street from the uh, Barclay Center at a, at a barbecue smokehouse. And it was oh, no way. a great part of town. It, it really is, yeah. I, I, I was there mm, a couple summers ago when my buddy got married. He lives in Brooklyn. And I, I walked by the Barclay Center when I had to get back, get a uh, COVID test. They had like a, a truck set up on the outs- on like the street and you just go w- walk up and they'll swab your nose. And Different times, man. Different times back then. <laughs> Getting stuff shoved up your nose in the streets of Brooklyn, New York. But nevertheless, um, Kyrie Irving has been suspended by the Brooklyn Nets. Good. And I think we all know why by now, but if you're not aware, he, um, he he's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> and I think that's not unfair for me to say. He did uh, endorse, I, I don't know if endorse is the right word, but he deleted a tweet in which he retweeted uh, support of a film that is anti-Semitic in nature. Probably the best uh, <laughs> way I can appropriately phrase that. And... Did you know that, like, oh, sorry, it wasn't a film, was, or was it? A, it was a film. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, do you know the, like YouTube that, film. yeah, that film or whatever, like, it's one of the most highest grossing things on Amazon right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably because of Kyrie. Yeah. Because of Which Kyrie is... and because of Kanye and all these numpties doing stupid stuff like this. Now, what ended up happening, obviously, um, the Brooklyn Nets, I think the Brooklyn Nets were a little slow to react to, to this, to be honest with you, but eventually they did suspend Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie did. Now, I don't know if Kyrie did this on purpose or his agent and the team told him to, but he attempted to donate $500,000 to ADL, and ADL is the Anti-Defamation League. And one of the representatives, Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL, is like, no, nah, fuck you, man. We don't want your money. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> How much of an asshole do you have to be when they don't want to take five hundred grand? Like, that's not like a, here, like, okay, let's be real in the world of athletes and movie stars where, you know, that kind of money isn't really a lot of money, but to organizations like that, or to, you know, plebs like us, game changer. You know, yeah. Like that's $500,000. This isn't him writing a check. Like here's five grand, $500,000. And you're such a big piece of shit. They're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. We don't want it. That's, that's dirty, anti-Semitic flat earthing money. Yeah, we don't want it. Here's the you thing: imagine though. what we could do with five hundred thousand dollars. Like, we could get a studio space and Yo, have a like, produce a lot of foot picks for all the A lot of foot picks, yeah. Yeah, a lot um, of foot picks. Professional camera, lots of food. Um, no, the uh, what? Here's there's kind of like two sides to this that I, I I fight with in my brain, and one of them is. Listen, full like full fully aware. Nobody knows the entire nature of that documentary, and no, I don't know if they should or not. And like, if people are buying it to like actually educate themselves and figure out what's going on, I guess. But the flip side of me is like, like okay, but why bother? Like, what are you trying to accomplish if you're Kyrie? Like, what like even like. I can't. I can't even get a sentence out because I don't understand it. Like, just put your money under your pillow and go to bed. Like, there's no reason to be up late 
like on Twitter being like, you know, like incriminating like white Jewish people saying black Jewish people are real Jewish. Like, like even if even even if that were the truth, okay. Like, so, like, what do you what do you want? What are you trying to accomplish? It was I don't, attention I don't, seeking, right? Right. I just I don't understand. Like, it's your your shit disturbing for the sake. It doesn't change the fact that the Holocaust happened. Like, what like what are you changing? Like, what do you, like I don't like the intent is just so. There's no logic behind it. Right. There's it just doesn't make sense to me. <clears throat> other than you're just fucked for the sake of being fucked. Like, I think one of the biggest <clears throat> issues that we need to rectify as soon as possible is that there is a lot of the education system in the United States is not great. And there are people who I can say people, there are children who listen to professional athletes more than they would listen to their teachers or, you know, people who have <laughs> the actual correct information. So that's why there's flat earthers out there because they hear these idiots talking about it and they think it's real. And they believe them. And in actuality, you're listening to a, a professional athlete who didn't, ha let's be honest, didn't exactly get the best high school education anyways. And when they went to college, they really didn't do a whole lot of education in college either. They played basketball. Now they're making... You think Kyrie learned anything at Duke when he was there? No. Absolutely not. Like, he probably took what the, the biggest bird courses that ever. They were like, how to make soap. Or... <laughs> You know, it's just like analyzing how to take some, pictures of feet. <laughs> yeah, how to take pictures of feet and make money on OnlyFans, right? It's a valuable class right now. I mean, nowadays, it's probably the most signed up class. But <clears throat> yeah, there's... And yes, the American education system is probably ranked pretty low on the global scale, and I don't think that's a secret. But compounded, like you said, with the fact that there's these kids that hold these guys on a pedestal and like, I want to be just like them. They're flat earthers. I'm a flat earther. They watch this doc and buy into it. I'm going to watch this doc and buy into it. It's just, I don't know, man, but this guy's just got like a series of just bullshit that just trails them or that flat he created. Earth, the flat earth thing is one of the most ridiculous ones. Like of all the things, like I, when they come out and they say like, okay, first of all, Kyrie didn't say this specifically. But I know there are people who have said, like, oh, the Holocaust didn't happen or whatever. Like, there's that narrative, which is the a deniers. false narrative, obviously. Yeah. The deniers yeah. of the Holocaust, which is fucking lunacy, right? But I can at least appreciate the fact that you can, you can say, and I will believe you, that you can say, I wasn't there and I didn't see it happen. That's a true statement. But for you to not look out the window and see the curvature of the earth like everyone else does then I don't know what to say, man. Like, there's some problems here. <laughs> well, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think he kind of put it the best where he was said, you know, okay, why do you believe the earth is flat? Like, what evidence do you need to be told that it's not? And they were like, well, how do I know? He's like, well, here's how you can calculate it here. I can actually just walk you through it and show you. And they're like, well, I still don't believe you. And he's like, you're not dealing with a logical person. You're not right. dealing with a person who's concerned with the truth. You're dealing with a person who, for them, it's about either being right or being different for the sake of it, not for being, you know, a expanded thinker or for not being someone who's done proper research or someone who's done, you know, due diligence in a 
vetted professional manner. These are just people who are just, well, yeah, but what happens is you have, you're right. And what happens is you have people who don't have those things or don't have the ability potentially to do those things. And I mean, I say you don't have the ability to, because they're just lazy. Like you can do it. Um, but they're probably feel sub or condescending or something to which now they go on the other side and say, well, why should you be right? Right? Like, like we can take the other side of the argument and you have to prove it to us. Right. And it's like, well, no, (laughs) like that's not necessarily how it works. works, Right. Um, it's the same with the whole freedom convoy thing, right? Like they, like, it's all the same root issue is that when you get down to where you start actually like asking for evidence or knowledge or anything, it, that's when it falls apart. Like there's, there's this, there's this weird blind faith that exists on the surface and anything below that is where it all comes apart. And the only reason the blind faith is so strong is because it's like, it's like weaving a basket. They all do this and they all hold hands and they're really tight together. And it creates this echo chamber of, of misinformation that is somehow getting stronger because it's like, it's like the fucking parasite from fucking DC comics. The more it takes, the bigger it gets. And, uh, and then you put them in a room with actual intellectuals like the Freedom Convoy lady and everyone just laughs at your answers because they're just a fucking joke, right? And well, it's, the funny thing is, is like you said, is when you see them all together and you know, you're just like, how are these people buying into it? And then when you put them in with legitimately intelligent people who have the legitimate answers to things and that are based in hundreds of years of proven fact and science and you know, vetted theories and things like that. And they look like clowns. And, and the thing is, is I think they just, because they're all together, they feel validated. Right. And I, th- but it's, it's not that they're not smart. They're just lazy or they feel marginalized and they need something to latch onto. And it's unfortunate that they all, they all, you know, instead of latching and they, 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 they use words like truth and stuff on top of it very loosely um like Kyrie is like what do you say i'm a truth seeker i'm a knowledge like in his like shut up no you're not you're not if you were dude you're rich enough buy a fucking rocket from spacex and go if you want to be a truth seeker like send jeff bezos a text get on the fucking rocket and go to space like that then you're a truth seeker if you really don't believe the earth is round like fuck around and find out put your money where your mouth is and go up there and then tell me like fly around the earth you fucking moron like you just yeah like you have the money to prove it to yourself yes or guess what hey everyone who thinks this guy's an idiot let's drag him to space and show him like it doesn't take much right <clears throat> and if he comes back down and goes nah i still think it's flat then you know he's just being an asshole right so right yeah like this guy back to kind of i guess the topic at hand i genuinely think he may never play like no other team's gonna want to touch him oh and someone will touch him yeah so someone will someone will reach out and take the and man it's gonna be a great segue but basically um i think there's always uh, a general manager <laughs> a buddy of mine that i used to work with he would always come back to this line that I don't think is necessarily true, but I think it's funny and it resonates a lot in sports. 
He's like, there's always a general manager stupider than you. And I feel like in this situation, the Brooklyn Nets can find a general manager stupider. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But like, do you see, he, I don't think it'll be with Brooklyn. I think he never plays another game with Brooklyn. Actually, you well, know what? The, if there's always a general manager stupider than you, like, I feel like that's everybody else getting down to Brooklyn, possibly. Like, it might be Brooklyn possible. at the bottom. <laughs> like, it might be. Yeah, like, the Brooklyn GM could be the most stupid guy in the room of GMs, and you're at the the cellar of the intelligence scale of NBA GMs. No, like, I think most- what freaks me out about it is that these guys aren't going to be playing there forever. Like, like sell now. Get picks. Like, you're not, like... You don't need you don't need these you're not going to win. So what are you holding on to? Yeah, it's it's hard to see a path back for Kyrie to Brooklyn because they've given him a list of things and this is according to the Athletics uh, Sham Sharena. Sharania. Who's um, fantastic. His who is very really good. good. Yes. Um who outlined what the Brooklyn Nets have told Kyrie that he needs to do before he'll be reinstated. So first, he must apologize for posting the link to the documentary and condemn the movie itself. So it's not just enough to, which is not just enough to apologize for the tweet, but he has to actually specifically call out the movie and say this is bullshit, which I don't know if he will or he won't. It won't happen. And that's another thing like, so, and for the record, I don't know how much of this list Kyrie has already done or plans to do. So this was just a list that was given to him. I don't know the current status of, you know, how much he's checked off thus far. He must make a uh, $500,000 donation to an anti-hate cause which I assume is why he attempted to (laughs) donate exactly that amount of money to ADL when they told him to fuck himself. So he may have to go look for another one. He must receive sensitivity training. So I don't know what that means. So is there a team, like a Brooklyn Nets organization sensitivity training course that he can take in an afternoon? Or is that a, you have to take the A train over to Manhattan and sit in this classroom for three weeks. I don't know what that means. Could you imagine so, he's sitting with the dude in finance who made a bad joke and HR was like, <laughs> you got to go to this training class. It's just this dude from finance. Just Joe from Kyrie. finance and Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting there and he's just like, no, Kyrie, do you know what you did wrong? No, nah, man, I just like the tweet. And then we go to Joe from finance. He's like, uh, I, I, I made an inappropriate joke. Very good, Joe. <laughs> and it's just. I also want to acknowledge the possibility. And I don't think this is true. And I don't think this is what happened. But I want to acknowledge the possibility that Kyrie Irving just literally hit retweet on a tweet that he didn't fully read and didn't fully understand and just retweeted it. And then shitstorm apocalypse fell down on him. And for whatever reason, he didn't like double back and like apologize for it he just doubled down on the tweet so that's why i think it that's not how it happened because he doubled down on it and he you know what if that's everything about him (laughs) he just keeps not like the earth is flat i'm gonna retweet this wait a second yeah he just keeps finding a way to dig deeper when he needs to dig up like dig up stupid yeah someone needs to ban his twitter account then if that's the case (laughs) just Uh, stop i mean the list also goes on like he also must take training to educate himself on anti-Semitism. So again, don't know if that's a thing that's readily available in the Brooklyn Nets organization, or he has to take a train somewhere to Manhattan and take a course. Don't know. Must meet with the uh, ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, and Jewish leaders. 
don't know if that's going to be an afternoon thing or they're going to have to plan for that meeting sometime after the holiday season. Don't know. And Irving must meet with the Nets ownership and demonstrate he is understands <laughs> he understands the issue that this has caused. So there's a lot there, and He's I think I he, probably I, I think a lot of these are listed here. I don't necessarily think as a checklist for Kyrie. I think it's more for the Brooklyn Nets organization to say, this is what we're telling him to do. We know he's not going to do it. And this is the ammunition we're going to have to finally just cut him loose. Well, like a lot of contract, like it might be a way for them if they can't trade him, get out of the contract. Cause a lot of these contracts have morality clauses. And for something like this, if, you know, could say that you have to present a situation that's fair and amicable in order for him to atone for whatever he did. And if he didn't do it, it may be grounds for them to be like, great, we can terminate this contract, not have to worry about it. Well, the good news for the Brooklyn Nets that Kyrie Irving's last year of this deal is this year. So even if they have to eat the contract this year, he's an unrestricted free agent by the end of this year. Playing Sacramento. Whatever. <laughs> that's probably who'll sign him. Is like Sacramento. I mean, it's very possible. I think you send him somewhere that you just does not want to be. I mean, Sacramento probably is that place. But what I think they should do is probably just send him to a city that does not have an NFL team because that would be the biggest insult of all to exist in a world without the NFL. <laughs> and like it was do. quite the... <laughs> week in the NFL this week. Um, I heard through the grapevine that the Jets won a game this week. But you can't, okay, you can't even pull that anymore, though. Like, you can't. The, the first six and one three, or two wins, maybe? Six and three New York Jets. Next week is a bye week. But let's let's put it this way. Josh Allen might be hurt. Mm-hmm. The doors for this division, if he's hurt, are wide open. You think Jake from State Farm is going to take over for Josh Allen and put up numbers the way Josh Allen did? No siree. And we talked about this. The Jets' schedule, we were like the Bills lost. No, they won. The Jets' schedule is infinitely easier than the Bills for the rest of the season. So there's there's now an outside, outside chance, because the Dolphins are playing really well, that the New York Jets come away with this division like that's a real possibility and if you thought they weren't real before look at this defense quinn williams is a bad man i will, I will give it to you in that is a the bad defense man. of the jets have been fantastic sauce I gardner agree. is a bad yeah. man jermaine johnson is a bad man all the, the the new york jets defense is like the old school jets defense and i love it and you know what they played old school jets football to beat the Bills. James Robinson and Michael Carter beat the shit out of the Bills at the end of that game. Beat the Didn't shit. They average like 6.3 runs per or yards per run in that Six game. Point three, yeah, in the final like 10 minutes of the game, 6.3 yards per carry. And That's to, crazy. To, to win like and uh sauce with a big interception to get the ball back. And you know what? Zach Wilson didn't make a lot of mistakes. He took even on the last play of the game there where we were like, we need, he needs a touchdown. Me and Maddie were texting back and forth. Zach Wilson got sacked. Normally, he would have thrown that ball and forced a play, interception or whatever. He took the sack. They got the field goal and won the game. And no, I think it's, it's, the, sh- it's the two plays before that, though. Oh, the that, one where he threw to Mims? 
no, where he took the ball and he ran, and most QBs slide. Oh, and he got... stretched it out for the extra two, three yards. He engaged in contact with the D, took the hit, got the extra two, three yards, and arguably a questionable hit to the head on the second defensive player coming in. But, I mean, that just showed, to me, it's plays like that where, okay, yes, you want your franchise quarterback sliding and just getting touched and whatever, but man, does that buy good credit with the rest of that team when it shows he's willing to do that to get the win against that Buffalo team? They're, they are a mature Zach Wilson and a slightly better O-line away from being a competitor. The offensive weapons are there. The defense is sparkling. It's just Zach Wilson needs to get a little more mature. Uh, and I think, you know, the... The offense needs to, to the O line needs to round itself out a bit and give him some more protection. But oh, and can I also say I had Joe Mixon in fantasy. Oh, oh brother! So I have fifty five points. I beat Brad by I two hundred eleven to like ninety nine. I beat nope. Brad because I had Joe Mixon, the New York, uh, or sorry, the Pats defense, and Josh Allen. The Pats so. defense, man, with nine sacks for them by Matthew Judon. <laughs> That guy, that four sacks. Yeah, that guy has like fifteen sacks on the year. It's crazy. They play. Did they play? I don't even remember. Uh, Was it the Panther? No, it wasn't the Panthers. (laughs) They played the Colts. It was the Colts. That's right. (laughs) Four. Just who just fired their coach and hired Jeff Saturday? I mean, when you give up nine sacks, yes, and four to one guy, like that's. JJ Watt numbers. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing for them. But back to the Jets. <laughs> Just kidding. But also, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Tua, Tua had a game. Like it was an interesting week. Like Tua had a game. Uh, you know, we we Brady. riff on the we riff on the Bears. Look, the Bears are going to be a great team, and I think they showed again. We talked. I don't think the Bears' offense is is going to be terrible. I think they have a lot it's of cap space. Can't stop a ball. Yeah, they they have a lot of cap space though, and they're gonna be they're gonna be a good team in two to three years. And listen, Justin Fields, huck him, chuck him football. Like now he's <laughs> he's got he's got tons of weapons to to play with. So, and I think he's gonna be all right. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm I love watching the imagery of of Aaron Rodgers just face down on the field. Love it, love it. Like, don't get me wrong, I like Rodgers. I or sorry, let me. Says I liked Rogers until he went all like hippie and got like all this weird like again same like Kyrie, where he, maybe not to that degree where he's you know flat earthing or anti-Semitic, but just I'm an out of the box thinker. I'm an expanded thinker, and I think <laughs> Aaron like, Rodgers drew off. the line. Aaron Rodgers drew the line at anti-Semitism. He's like, yeah, that's where no, my that's line is. Too much for me. <laughs> but um, just seeing guys like that get put in their place just makes me happy i don't know that's just me and you know all the shit that and i guess like i could overlook like the weird attitude changes and shit like that and just be like whatever he's a rich athlete let it slide like the eccentricities but man when you sit there and you bitch to the organization about what you want what you need i want more control i want more say and blah 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 and then this is how it goes it says no do your job be the quarterback let the GMs, let the coaches do what they do. You just throw the ball, manage the game like you're supposed to, and shut your mouth. Have you guys seen the uh, Aaron Rodgers CM Punk memes that go around? 
no where it's it's the cm punk press conference after the Mm all-out pay-per-view where he has that famous line of i'm old i'm tired i'm hurt (laughs) and and i work with fucking children and it's just they replace punk's face with aaron Rodgers, and it's it's an accurate description of what's going on in green bay right now where Rodgers is old and hurt and tired and and his all his receivers are children so yeah it's a very similar situation but it's fun to watch do you think he retires aaron Rodgers? yeah probably i think this is probably his last year you don't think he goes to to another team i think that's possible i think brady retires this year and aaron Rodgers might take his spot in tampa Brady retires, reconciles with Giselle. <laughs> I can see it. I nah. can definitely see it. I, uh, I also saw some dollar signs this past week when my team that I picked, Kansas City, over the Tennessee Titans paid this week. And James also saw dollar signs when he, his pick, Seattle, over the Cardinals, also paid this week. Now, Maddie's pick last week was the Ravens over the Saints, and I fully expect the Ravens to beat the Saints, but that game is currently happening as we speak right now. So the scores are as follows. I have four. Maddie has, excuse me, I have five. Maddie has five, but maybe six by the end of today. And James with four. That said, we have to now make our picks for week 10. So again, I've been on a roll. I've, I've won four weeks in a row. But just saying. You're going to take any advice. Maybe I'm the guy to listen to. And remember, we can't pick the same team twice. So it's getting down to it now. We're starting to pick some odd teams here and there. Although I don't think any of us have picked the undefeated Eagles thus far. Actually, no, it's a lie. Maddie has picked the Eagles or the Cowboys in week six. Nevertheless, my pick in week 10 is going to be the fresh as a daisy returning off bye week New York Giants over the lowly Houston Texans. That one is a lock. Lock it in. Set your bets right now. I don't care what happens between now and Sunday. That's a win for the New York Giants. James? I'm changing my pick. What? I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. After what they showed against the Chargers, the Panthers are so bad. (laughs) They are so bad that if Atlanta loses to the Panthers, like... Atlanta has an opportunity to division because that division, the buck like they're all, it's all bad. But the Atlanta Falcons are at least half decent. The return of uh, Patterson last week, another week to get up to speed. I think Falcons run away with a game against the Panthers. That was going to be my pick, well, and I was going to take the Cowboys, but now I'm taking the Falcons. They they actually just played each other, like literally last week or two weeks ago now week eight and that was the game that was that crazy 37 34 game that went back and forth all night so i mean yeah sure the falcons did win that game but it was a close one but no christian mccaffrey anymore yeah no Doesn't runs the matter no run cmc no and dude, what was the score of the, the panthers game this no week what was the score of the panthers game this week didn't they win? Oh, the Panthers like, did they even points. score a touchdown this week. I don't know if they did. Didn't they get like three points? <laughs> oh, you know, I think the Panthers scored a bunch in uh, garbage time, didn't they? 42 21 to the Bengals. Z Bengals. Yeah, they scored all those points when they're already down 35 0. So, yeah, the, the fourth stringers were on. Yeah. And, Maddie, over to you, your pick for week 10. You know what? I've been shit talking them all season and also, too, just how they manage and kind of 
their QB and I've also been shit talking their QB that he can't throw past five yards, but I'm taking the Dolphins over the Browns. I think Dolphins over the Browns. I just think Tua coming back has played very well. And I think that team has found its groove. And wait, isn't this the Deshaun Watson return game? It is not. Deshaun Watson is back. I don't know if it's week 11 or week 12, but it's the game where they play Houston. Okay. Um, then hey, don't tell me the NFL didn't look at a suspension and be like, yeah, that'll be the game he's coming back. Yeah, you think the NFL just randomly threw out an 11 game suspension? No. Like they knew. Yeah. But I, I just think the Dolphins have found their groove, taken the step, and I think Tua is playing well. So I'm going to take Dolphins over the Browns. All right. There you have it. I have the Giants over the Texans. James has the Falcons over the Panthers. And Maddie has the Dolphins over the Browns. It looks like. We've been on a roll, so you may want to play some, uh, you know, non-monetary bets because we don't cons- we don't uh, approve of gambling. Of course not. We, we no. would never just tell don't, you to gamble. Just don't pick uh, against the Jets like Dustin did. Yeah, so I did have a five-game parlay that got broken up because the Jets won that game. So if that if I may ask, and I mean, if you want to tell me off the side later, that's cool. What was the potential payout of that bad boy? Oh, it wasn't a lot. I, okay. I don't think I bet a lot on it to begin with. I think it was like a an eighty dollar payout or something. It wasn't huge. Still, still, but that's dude. That's that makes up for your shitty Boston pizza experience, dude. That's the Matt, dude. That's the Matt Cause special. Every time they talk <laughs> about it on gameplay on TSN Radio, it's like I throw down five or ten dollars for an eighty ninety dollar. Like the, that's perfectly fine. That would have been nice. Should have been. Yeah, that's typically what I do is a couple five dollar bets and hoping one of them pays to be like anywhere from 50 to 80 bucks. And you get a couple of those work out for you throughout the year. Like this season, I'm up about $300 this season. You know what? Yeah. Though? That's, no. that's like a 900% increase in your money. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. But I do the, I have my picks, which are, you know, my $10 where I comb through, I spend an hour or two, I do some reading and make my picks, whatever. And then I have the $5 wife picks. Where I'm like, scroll through these games and just start picking out of like, pick out of these, pick six or seven and just and strictly money line. I make just six or seven and pick it. And she's like, okay. And she sit there and she's like giggling as she does it. And I'm just like, <laughs> she's like, ooh, who would win in a bear versus a falcon? She's like, well, bears are tough, but falcons can fly away. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, pick whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> just make your pick. <laughs> we got five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, you can't really go wrong. That's not necessarily any bad decision when you're betting on football. But uh, there was some bad decisions by the Boston Bruins this past week. The Boston Bruins, and this all just happened in a matter of a few days, right? Like I think it was on the Friday where the Bruins had announced that they had signed uh, Mitchell Miller to a entry-level deal, three-year deal worth $2.585 million with just like incentives and signing bonuses out the wazoo. Well, he signed the max entry level possible with the bonuses and shit. Yes. And I really wish there was some sort of timeline because there's a lot of stuff to happen in a matter of a few days. But shortly after the signing, (laughs) Gary Bettman was like, well, he's not eligible to play in the NHL, so I'm not sure what you guys are signing them for. Uh (laughs) Which I appreciate. Of all the shit we give Gary Bettman about, mm-hmm. you know, 
the Phoenix Coyotes and the constant reluctancy to put another team in Canada. The fact that he immediately came out and said he's not going to play in the NHL because of past previous behavior at least speaks volumes to Gary Bettman and the NHL sticking to what they had said originally when he had been drafted 111th overall, whatever it was, to the Arizona Coyotes. And then when the Coyotes did the thing that I don't think has ever really happened, where they just said, you're gone. Like, give up the pick. You're gone. We don't care. That's it. So if you're not familiar with the situation, Mitchell Miller, I think, uh, I think it's fair to say in his younger years was a bit of a bully. And some of the things that he had done to uh, some of his, or one particular person that he was bullying growing up was pretty gross and uh, pretty bad, to be honest. Now, yeah, I, I think the biggest issue is that a lot of people are hinging on that. It doesn't seem like he's overly remorseful about the whole situation. And according to the parents of the victim, he, they've still not received an apology from this guy, which is baffling considering how long ago he was drafted and how he knew that this was a situation and how he apologized or at least had the conversation with 31 NHL teams. Uh, this is prior to Seattle being in the league. So all 31 teams he spoke to at the time at the time of his draft, and this came up, and he discussed it, but in no time felt like it was a good idea to apologize to the victim. So that's kind of like compounds the issue of whether he's actually sorry for what he did or what he didn't. It brings up an interesting conversation, and I'll get back to more of the details in a second, but just something I'd like to float out there. All of us did some stupid shit when we were kids. Now, I never did anything like this. And you'd have to, I don't want to go into specifics of what he did because I think it's kind of uh, grotesque. I don't know. It's kind of gross and you, it, it's worth just going and reading yourself. It's just, you it, it, it's bullying's one thing. This is just downright humiliating the shit. It's like, yeah. So I can't say I was ever, I guess I was pretty lucky when I was a kid. I didn't really get bullied all that badly. I think I floated under the radar a bit. I probably should have been bullied considering I was brown and really skinny. Uh, <laughs> but I managed to like skate under the radar a lot of, in a lot of ways in school. Um, but nevertheless, I, I was never the bully, obviously again, cause I was tiny and skinny and fortunately I was never bullied that badly. I think no worse than like all the other kids, like we all can just kind of fuck with each other. Right. But I can't imagine there ever being a situation that I've ever been a part of where it was like this, like this is really bad. Um, in any event. Even if we are accepting the fact that he was a bully as a child, you'd like to think as an adult he would have grown from it and like say, I'm no longer that guy. Like I admit there was things that I'd done in my past that was wrong and I shouldn't be punished for this for the rest of my life. And I can understand that perspective to a certain degree. Where, sh and it's, it's an interesting conversation of like, I don't know if we have time for this whole conversation to be honest with you, but like the dis the mistakes that you made as a child, should that then carry over to your adult life? And there's a reason why we have like a juvenile delinquent situation, like uh, society where we, you don't go to a gen pop adult prison when you do something illegal as a child, you go to a juvenile hall and you 
right. get, hopefully get rehabilitated and you re-enter society. Um, How old is he? 14. He's 14. What happened? And, uh, yeah. And that also brings up like the whole Dave Chappelle argument where it's like, how old is 15 really? Because like, I don't know, at that age, like you kind of know what's right and wrong, right? Yeah. So it's, it's hard. It, it's such a gray area in some ways. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, should you be punished for that? But at the same time, I'm also thinking you don't need to be rewarded with millions of dollars, though. Like, we're not saying... Is he being punished? Ne- is he what? Is he being punished? Well, that's the thing. Like, does he need to be punished? No, what I'm saying is, is he actually being punished? Like, is it... I think... Are we conflating... Or what's the word? Conflating? Confusing? Are we confusing punishment with consequence? That's a good point. And, and that's a very good way of phrasing it, because I think that's what I was kind of dancing around, where just because... So while I agree that what you do as a child shouldn't necessarily carry over to your adult life, at the same time, I also think if you're a shitty person, you shouldn't be rewarded with a $3 million contract. Right. So that's what I'm saying, right? Like, he's not going to jail. He's not having to perform X amount of service. He's not, you know, nothing. Right, <clears throat> he's being denied in NHL. You know, yeah, it's more shamed and, and consequence. But I don't, I don't view it as punishment. I mean, these things are a privilege, and I think if you want to make the changes yeah. that we talk about, not just in hockey, because again, I know some people want to say, well, it's not just hockey. So if we want to make the changes in pro sport or anything, you know. These are these are privileges, you know, and we should treat them as such. And when the leagues start holding themselves in that kind of regard, and like I said, rare Batman W, but yeah. it is. I mean, he completely failed the the Kyle Beach situation, but he seems to have gotten this one right. And maybe it's because of the Kyle Beach situation. You know, he said, which then shows me he did the work and he's getting better. <laughs> or like, and which is weird because like, he was like, oh, that kid wasn't in the nhl and he's not our responsibility but he'll do this kid which isn't the nhl or his responsibility but um i digress like logan mayu still somehow in the league but (laughs) um yeah yeah that's you know you bring up a good point with that like how is mistreating and being racist and a bully to a black disabled child any different or less slash more severe than what Logan Mayu did. And yet he's still allowed to get drafted and be in the Montreal organization. Well, I think it's, I I think it's that, that ownership of, I think there's something to be said and I'm not, I'm not, not taking this as some sort of, you know, redemption catch all, but Mayu did have a statement. He did, go through the system he did publicly say himself that what he did was wrong this kid has done nothing apparently he sent a message to the other kid through instagram apologizing and the mom said it sounded forced for hockey so you know like pre-written by an agent which Mayus did too but like and like i don't give the credit like at least that kid stood in front of the camera yeah right and read his statement nobody's seen this fucking mitchell miller kid anywhere Right. And I think to me, it goes like this. 
I it's not that I don't believe in second chances with things. Fine. But you get the second chance after putting in the work. He was talked about or his agent, Eustace King, which let's get into another thing after, about what he will do to be better. It's not about what you will do. It's you need to do this first before you get that opportunity. And now I think what even looks worse is that one of the organizations that they said he had worked with, you know, the Carnegie Foundation and I'm or institution or whatever, they said, yes, he's, you know, worked with them to become, you know, better and more understanding and blah, blah, blah. Kind of the same shit they said Kyrie needs to do. They put out a statement the next day and said, yeah, they reached out to us, but we've never worked with them. And here's, here's and the thing too, like second chances to me, like are earned, not even, but like they're for things that like are like basically like light, like you go to jail for robbing a bank, you get out, you deserve a second chance. Like those are, you got your, you put your life. In. Yeah. You got your life taken away. You're getting a second chance at society. Like the NHL is not society. <laughs> like it's not, it's no. not like, that's not a second chance. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't equate being a pro athlete, making a jillion dollars, a second chancery type thing. You know, I don't, right. like, I don't think you're entitled to a second chance to that at all. No, what I, I no, go ahead. <clears throat> I was gonna say, I also like to give some credit to Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Nick Felino. Nick Felino. Yeah, like all those guys were very vocal in saying, Nope, we don't want this guy here. And that went a long way. Like, there was obviously the media shitstorm that happened and Gary Bettman saying what he said, but if it wasn't for the Bruins like the team itself saying he's not coming in our locker room, I think forced the hand of the Bruins organization to say, okay, we fucked this up and we yeah. need to. So the, the bow of the story is that the contract has been voided. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, new information. That's another thing. Like the press release that the Bruins put out was bullshit and it's not helping the situation, but I mean, I guess all is well that ends well, I suppose, that the contract no. is no longer to be uh, held no. up and this is not going to be a thing. <laughs> the funniest thing out of all of this, uh, Ty Anderson said this on Twitter. Who is Ty Anderson? <laughs> Let me just look this up. Uh, Ty Anderson is with the uh, Boston Brewers 98.5 or, or whatever, and NBC, uh, as, NBCS Boston. So it's a broadcaster for the uh, local Boston uh, beat. And apparently, the Boston Bruins weight room, as of this morning, was playing uh, Karma Police by Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I guess how they are uh, ex- saying that they are the Karma Police in this situation, and the Bruins have policed this particular player out of the league, and hopefully, for them. a guy like this doesn't show up again. Right. I think, too, organizationally, this is just... And again, they say... And I, I was talking to this with Jim again last night and watching Sweeney's press conference when he had to announce this says to me, this was not his decision. This wasn't something that he went out and research was like, you know what? We're going to give this a shot because he had a statement saying, you know, if that was my son who was bullied and whatever, I don't know if I'd ever forgive this kid for this. 
and you don't say that in a presser if you're fully comfortable or confident in the signing that you made. I feel like it was probably came down from Cam Neely and said, there's this unbelievable talent that's sitting there. Let's sign him and say, we're going to do all, he's going to do all this work or do this and blah, blah, blah. And then Neely comes out today and says, you know, someone essentially didn't do their due diligence and, you know, there's new information that came out and blah, blah. It's like, no, you got booked. You know, you thought maybe Cotton there would be a little bit of a shitstorm, like Logan Mayu was with Montreal, it would pass and then you'd get your prospect. And that didn't happen. And he was like, fuck. And then it was worse when it's not just the media, which if you're the team, you can kind of eat the shit coming from the media a little bit. But when the commissioner comes out and arguably one of the classiest players to ever come through your organization comes out and says, fuck you, he's not coming here. And the other rest of the players on the team support it. Again, like you said, he's backed into a corner and he's like, we, we have to get rid of him. But I think, and the, if it's Neely and whatever, obviously dude's not going to lose his job, but you know, he had said, someone asked, is there going to be punishment? He's like, we're going to take a look at this and, you know, someone, you know, didn't collect all the information and we're going to look and whatever. Let's be real. They knew what everything coming in, he's deflecting and no one's going to face any punishment because it was probably on him. I don't know if there needs to be punishment. I think it's just, they made a mistake and they had to fix it. It's, it's, it is like questionable decision though, for sure. Like it, it's not like to say that they didn't know and yeah. like, oh, new information. That's the worst part. If they had just said, look, we underestimated how big of an issue this was. That's on us. We should have taken this more seriously. We apologize to our fans and the league and we'll do better. Whatever. Mm. That would have been fine. But to say like new information, there's no new information. Like we knew all this information. Anyways, I digress. We need to move on. The one benefit of this uh, whole situation was that the Boston Bruins were clearly rattled on Saturday night when they played the Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs got a victory out of it. So that um, definitely helps. So what I mentioned off the top of the show is that the Maple Leafs are apparently going into this rhythm and they're right on schedule. So if you recall, a few weeks ago, the Maple Leafs lost to Montreal and then they barely got by Ottawa and then they lost to Arizona and we were saying, oh boy, sound the alarms. This team is in trouble. And then the very next week, they beat Dallas, they beat the Jets, and then they beat the, or sorry, they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights. So it was like two of three. They took two, two solid wins there. And then we were saying, okay, maybe the Leafs are back. Maybe everything's okay. But then it was a loss to San Jose, then a loss to the Kings, and a loss to the Ducks. And we're back on this podcast the next day saying, fuck, they're in trouble. This is it. It's over. Like, sell it all off. They're done. And then a few days later, they beat the Flyers, they beat the Bruins, and then on a back-to-back, -back, the very next night, less than 24 hours later, they go into Carolina, and they beat Carolina with their third-string goaltender. Fourth. Wall's their third-string who's still hurt. Fair enough. <laughs> with their fourth-string goaltender. With a newly signed fifth-stringer, uh, don't call me Seth Petrozelli, on the bench. Does uh, anyone remember Seth Petrozelli? Do you remember that name? So a while ago, and I'll make a quick story. There was that fight that was going to happen between Frank Shamrock and Kimbo Slice. 
And this is like the height of Kimbo Slice. And Frank Shamrock was a legitimate UFC fighter at the time. And Frank Shamrock like got cut during warm up or something. Like they were rolling around, whatever. And someone elbowed like elbowed him or like headbutted him in the eyebrow, and they couldn't close the cut. So they're like, "Fuck, we need to find anyone. Like, give us someone to fight Kimbo Slice. We've got a big pay per view tonight." And they just found this dude, Seth Petrozelli, who had pink hair for some reason, and they threw him in the ring with Kimbo Slice, and he knocked out Kimbo Slice in the first round. <laughs> so I will never forget I mean, that it's, name. Of it's Seth about Petrozelli. the same. It's about the same circumstance, really. Yeah, pretty much. Kimbo yeah. didn't probably train all that much. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, guy gets hurt. Where's this guy to fill this spot? Oh, you're a guy. <laughs> oh, find me a Petrozelli. <laughs> get, yeah. get over here. Find me a Petrozelli. Um. Yeah, like I said, this that win against Carolina is more impressive than the one against Boston. One hundred percent. Just given the circumstances, it was a back-to-back traveling time changed less than 24 hours fourth string goalie and the fact that they came out of the first and most of the second down one nothing only against a carolina team that's second in shots against and top three in shots for i mean that's pretty impressive and then not only that but we're able to find some jam and find some nuts and score three and win three to one that Nylander goal I would rather him score goals like that all season than a nice pretty shot or a move or whatever because that's Jacob Slavin who's arguably the best defensive defenseman in the NHL and he outworked him out hustled him and got that goal it's shades of Rick Nash in the world championships in against Finland we had two guys holding and draped on him but he still scored granted it's not the same degree but it's of the same ilk um, now I said this repeatedly, I fully expect the Leafs to go through ebbs and flows. I don't give a shit what they do in the season. I mean, cool. Great. You guys are finding ways to win. I expect this from this team that they're going to lose to shitty teams and they're going to be competitive and beat most of the teams. They are, you know, that are of the same caliber, but to me, it doesn't matter until April, but it's nice to see, I guess, but man, the contract position they're in with their goalies. And this was the this was the nightmare everyone said was gonna happen. Including yours truly going down. Including yours truly last week. I actually said yeah. what happens if they lose a goaltender? And they did. So you know who yeah. the MVP of the least season is right <laughs> now? <lost> both. <laughs> Do you know who the MVP of the least season right now is? Gino Malgas. No, the Washington Capitals for picking up Abe Kubel on waivers <laughs> yeah. to give them a contract spot. <laughs> Like that's Nick Petruzzelli. Yeah, they like that was that was the only way that they were able to make this work under like zero panic. Um, you know, hey, they they've played they played well enough to win uh, those games. You just you want to see the effort consistent, and I think you want to see the the go to sleep moments significantly less. Because you want to know that you want to have confidence that the team's growing, right? And I think in some cases when you start saying things like Gino Malgin was the hardest working guy for two periods, like to me that that's still an issue. That 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 guy can't be the the hardest working guy uh, on the ice. But like, has there been significant like play better? Yeah, for sure. Are we still watching Justin Hall and Pierre Engvall completely like out to lunch out there? Yes. 
it's it's bad and i mean every team has guys that are going to be out to lunch i guess at this point what i'm asking for is is if the carolina like you want to see consistency in that you want to see nylander work like that most every shift as as winners and champions do so you know if they can continue on that kind of path great do i still think they need more sandpaper on the back end somehow yeah do i still think they need some sandpaper up front probably still yeah because i don't think you're going to count on on gino Mulgan to wear teams down in the playoffs especially seven games right so like i would imagine these guys get worn down first because they're they're going to be taking the pun the brunt of punishment so I, I yeah that's a lot to ask of a guy like that for seven games it's one thing to do it over 82 and be like hey you'll see less minutes one night you know maybe you're subbed out for another guy another night you know you got some nights off when it's playoffs man that's that's going 150 miles an hour for 60 plus minutes for yeah, seven every other, seven every other night and back-to-backs right like yes so i think that's you know is this team good enough to get past the first round maybe right but again do they have the horses in that bottom six to really you know take over when when the top guys aren't there the benefit is that it looks like when one set of top guys aren't rolling the other set but right now it looks like matthews and Tavares are both on their game so listen that's he just that's good quicker too yeah and that's good news right and it's good news until it's not <laughs> and i guess that's all i'm saying is when it's not good news what what's plan b and i just i hope that there's i hope that there's a plan t- for a plan b well, the good news is the Maple Leafs play three games this week. They got the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday, and they got all at home, for the record, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday, and then Saturday, the Vancouver Canucks. Thank God, because the Canucks have been horrendous. No, the so Canucks I, always get up when they play the Leafs. Yeah, when they're in probably, front, but they always do. But if this team is what is, like as is currently constituted, is what they're going to have going into this week, I think you'll probably see Keith Petrozelli get his first start on Saturday, Saturday night against yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. Is my assumption. Well, he's six and oh with the Marlies. He's like six six. He's yeah. a massive. And he was man. A, he's a first round draft pick, I think, out of the Red Wings organization. Detroit. So yeah. it's not it's but not like, like everywhere he's, he's gone, he's had like really good numbers. It's not like he's some J but again, I think <laughs> I think contending teams. Third round pick, eighty eighth overall for Detroit. Oh, third round pick. So still not I would say that's high for goalies relatively. Um, um, I think you just, although I did say to to Matt last night, isn't this how like all those like Cinderella story, darling starting goaltenders, like, isn't this the story? Like a bunch of guys go down or a guy goes down and it's a guy and it's a guy like Shalgren or Petrozelli that becomes this, like, that's how Hellebuck we were talking. That's how he became a starter. Like, Like these guys come out of nowhere because they have to. And you know what? Maybe maybe they have something here. Who knows? Uh, I guess we're going to find out in the next 10 to 15 games. Yeah, well, maybe he's the new Corey Schwab right here. Well, Matt Murray, they think, <laughs> is due back. He's practicing with the team tomorrow in full practice. Do so they have enough money for this man? <laughs> with Murray, checked, yes. Because I haven't with, checked Cap Friendly today. No, they, they do because with Muzzin on LTIR, that $5.5 million clears that up and, and then Abe would, Kubel's gone and Abe Kubel's gone and then they'd probably make a paper transaction to send Robertson down hmm. um but yes they do 
Um, and the other thing too, Simmons can go up or down on a paper transaction because he cleared earlier. So uh, I just, I, to, to kind of what Jim has been saying, and it to me, like I said, I don't care what they do in the playoff or in the season. It's all about playoffs for me. But as of this moment, I've had no indication that they would be, if the playoffs were to start today, that they're not ready. And that's not because of injuries or goaltending or whatever. It's just they're not ready. They're not in a space to be ready for it. They don't have the pieces around them to be ready for that. I would say there's guys that have stepped up to show that they could play better in those situations. Like Matthew's playing a much, you know, more of a grindy type game, playing more physical. He sees like he's ready. Tavares looks quicker. Tavares was never the issue of grinding it out. It was always just the pace. And he looks infinitely faster. Nylander has shown flashes of being grittier. Same with Marner. Like those guys have shown a little bit, but it's not those guys that you're worried about. Really. You're worried about everything else through the lineup. And outside of like David Kampf, you and maybe Kerfoot, you have questions of both the four rest of the forwards and the D of sustaining in that playoffs. Well, speaking of being ready, you know who was ready this past weekend? <laughs> that was Logan Paul. My dude was just on his game this past weekend in Saudi Arabia for WWE's crown jewel, where he was in the main event taking on Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I think that's what that thing is called. Let me tell you guys something, guys. Um, this guy is just incredible. I don't know how else to describe Logan Paul. He, and I know we've talked about him before on this show, probably the last time Logan Paul had a match. And I don't remember what it was. But this guy has the size. He has the look. He can talk. He can move. Like, he has all of, like, the timing elements, too, that a lot of guys find hard to pick up. The athleticism is off the hook. Even the little things that he does that no one else does, like... For example, the the video that was floating around social media all weekend when Logan Paul grabbed his phone and took a video of himself standing on the top rope as he jumped off the top rope and did that frog splash to the table to Roman Reigns, that has never, obviously never been done before, but like that camera angle had never been seen before. Like, Like that is something as a child you would have dreamed about of what that would look like. To jump off the top rope and dude, you know, in front he of out Austin Theory. Austin Theory, like Austin Theory's gimmick is meaningless now, because yes. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. And the dude, he did the buckshot lariat better than Hangman Page. It looked better. It, sure it looked it looked like he and slingshot himself literally. Like it looked like it had such fluidity and for it. Like it wasn't like an overstop and clothesline. It looked like one motion. It was really good. What a crazy concept, James, of like making your offense look like you're trying to hurt somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean, like it looks like he's in a fight, dude. He's I we I said this after his first match, and we talked about it here, and I think we all kind of semi agreed. It's quite possible he could go down in history as like not like someone who has the greatest body of work as a pro wrestler or whatever, but as in maybe it's sports entertainer with a half a foot into pro wrestler, he could quite possibly be the greatest of all time. 
And like, I'm not even joking saying that. Like when you, when you look at all the check boxes that you need from a top hand in a company like WWE, he checks them all off. All of them. And he's only three matches in. Yeah. And I don't know where this came up, but Shawn Michaels, who's had a hand in training, Logan Paul, said something like, we're training him in reverse. I don't know if he was like, talking about Logan Paul specifically. He must have been. He was generally talking about like celebrity guys that they bring in to do these matches. So like, I don't know who else he's talking about other than Logan Paul. Where they train them enough to do what they need to do for the match. And then later they'll teach them basics. So I bet if you asked Logan Paul to give you a match tonight, he would have no fucking clue how to do it. I challenge, I bet you bullshit. I'm actually going to call bullshit on that one. I actually think he's, he's a lot smarter. I I think he's the exception to the rule. No, no, I'm not saying like he couldn't do it. I'm saying he hasn't been trained to be able to do that. Like he wouldn't be able to have a match with John Cena tonight where Cena's going to lock up with him and just call the whole match for him. Like he I actually, know I think he to... might be. I think he's probably put in more time than we give him credit for. Do you know, want to know why I think that's true? Because I don't think he has the same responsibilities that other celebrities have had. I think he's had the, like, the time to afford to train longer. I think it's 100% true for a guy like Bad Bunny or fucking Carl Malone. <laughs> Remember Carl Malone? <laughs> that, that dirt worst diamond cutter uh i i think i think he's i think he's one of the also the guys who got the itch like i think this is right up his alley like and like we said from the top when he signed it's a match made in heaven the dude drank the prime drink mid-match like that is yeah that is fantastic uh marketing that's fantastic win-win for everybody um he's a good businessman right right and that's what i mean like i think he I think he gets this at a level that natural talents do. Like, I think if he wasn't an influencer and he had any sort of interest in this before, he would have been this. Uh, there's, there's very few guys you look at, they go, they have it. The dude gets in there on the mic, and sometimes it's a little awkward, but it's awkward, but then it's not. Like, he's just, he's very comfortable there. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Well, as a YouTuber, that's been his essentially his career is the open mic to just yeah go and, and you, a podcast scripted yeah. no nothing you just go and do it yeah and I think he's you know I I I don't know man if he I mean the guy tore his, everything in his knee like his knee's destroyed and he finished the match which again this is the kind of shit too when I like again I'm not to bring it always back to this I see I see guys not forechecking on hockey teams. I'm like, this guy fucking busted his knee and finished the match in front of, like, Saudi Arabia. Like, and it's not for easy. Out, for, for a scripted outcome, not even, like, a professional sport. You're getting paid, like, The dude could, could have rolled over and been like, my knee's gone. And they would have carried him out and nobody would have said anything different. Right? And you have to run and you have to jump and you have to, like, there's so many things you have to do with your legs. And this guy was just like, fuck it, I'm finishing it. Like, he didn't have to. He a lot of good credit. He's fucking Logan Paul. He's yeah. a fucking. He could have just been like, my fucking knees blown out. Fuck you guys. I'm out. Here, here's something I want to throw at you guys because it's been a foregone conclusion, and obviously there's no confirmation of this, but it seems like the plan for the longest time has been Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania. They're in Los Angeles. 
WrestleMania 39. It makes sense for The Rock to go in the Hall of Fame this year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like The Rock is a lock for WrestleMania this year. What do you think is the bigger match? Now, obviously, Logan Paul's going to have to do some, ther- some, you know, some sort of treatment for his knee. I'm not sure what that's going to be at this moment. Well, if he does reconstruct, it's minimum six months. Right. So it, it may be a moot point anyways. But had he not got hurt here, what's the bigger match? No, is it Roman versus The Rock or is it Logan Paul versus The Rock? No, it, there oh, is okay. a bigger one. Triple no, threat. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say Logan versus Roman or The Rock versus Roman. I was like, you don't put The Rock in that and he's not the biggest draw. No, the bigger one is a triple threat. You have Rock versus Roman, and Logan wins the Rumble. She, That's massive. Can you imagine the Rock and Logan Paul in one ring? And then, or like, like, and then with Roman, like, dude, that is massive. I don't think, but, so I, I, don't, I know why you'd want Roman in there, because you want him to get the publicity from the other two guys that are bringing the extra eyes. But I just feel like Roman might be an afterthought in this match, but I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like, I something I've never even considered until this weekend. Or what's bigger? What, what if, if it's, it's the Rock and Logan Paul? What if it's yeah? What is Rock and Logan? Yeah, but that's that's massive, right? But what if it's lo- like Logan and Roman at WrestleMania two? Like that would be that would be just as big, if not bigger. I think after this match, I think mm, no. I still I still think just with what the Rock means historically to the organization and what he is outside of wrestling now, I just think that that dude is he's. As you said before, he's an exception to the rule, you know, where he's the type of guy in that company and in entertainment as a whole, where the skies will part, the stars will align and like everything is on him. I do. I think, you know, that him and Logan would be a bigger match than him and then the rock and Roman hundred percent. But I just don't think that not because he doesn't have the talent or the ability or whatever, I just don't think that he's built up enough of a foundation within the culture yet. I think one day he could, but I just think right now rocks one of those dudes that's untouchable on that plateau. I find it interesting that Saudi Arabia asked for Logan Paul. Like that was part of the, the deal. Boy. Pardon? The white boy. And uh, yeah, also can I give credit here? Actually, maybe I'll save it. I'll save it for shadows because we're running over time, but I'll, I'll save it for that. All right. Well, we might as well jump into that right now. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week. Shoutouts. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's shoutouts. It's the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from Tough Enough Season 1 on MTV. Um, my shout-out this week goes to one Sami Zayn, who has been probably the best thing in professional wrestling in the past month. His Not facial Logan expressions. Paul? I mean, he's somewhat related to the whole Logan Paul uh, storyline, at least. <laughs> the whole Uzi segment was unreal. The, so... Are you familiar with? Okay, do you know so why? Okay, Usi means Usi means pussy in right in, uh, in Samoan Polynesian or, or, yeah Polynesian or some, yeah or, or maybe not Polynesian. I don't think it's a language. I think it's slang think it's for pussy in like Samoan talk, right? I don't. I don't think it's Samoan talk. I think it's a Polynesian language of some sort. That, anyways. So all the <laughs> close. 
yeah. Anyways, all of the uh, the Usos, we'll say, in the ring, all the Usos, they got it and they understood what was happening. And I don't know if any, I didn't know until later. I certainly don't think the people in the crowd who were chanting Usi, Usi understood what it meant. And that's what made everyone in the ring crack up when Roman was, is dying laughing and, you know, and so, he plays they, they with it. They didn't even put the camera on Solo anymore. Like, like Solo was like out of the scene altogether. Wait, and poor poor Jay was. Trying, I got I got to Google this. I oh, it's a great this. segment. And, and poor Jay was trying to like turn around from the hard cam, and Roman's like, "Nope, turn back." Yeah, <laughs> look, look, look right at the camera. We're right here, man. <laughs> so, Sami Zayn has just been such a awesome addition to that whole thing, and I know it's just going to break my heart the day when they finally kick him out of the bloodline. But he's but gonna be the most over babyface in the history, like in the history of that company. He's gonna be. There's so much. There's so much they can do with this, and what I think where I think they're going with this is that Jay. They're gonna do like a kayfabe angle with Jay, where he gets hurt or something, and then Sammy is gonna step in and take his spot in the tag yes. team. So it'll be Jimmy and Sammy defending the tag titles, and then th- my first thought was, okay, then Sammy costs them the tag titles, and that's the reason why they kick him out. But what if? they're even better with Sammy. What yeah. if Jimmy and Sammy are better than Jimmy and Jay? They're just like, they're going in there and they're like doing all these double team moves you've never seen before. They're beating tag teams in a matter of a couple seconds. And when Jay comes back, there's like this push and pull of like, wait, do we defend the titles with Sammy or defend it with Jay? And maybe it's Jimmy's choice. He gets the pick and it's, and he has a, That'd be hilarious. What if it led to WrestleMania and Jimmy has to choose who the WrestleMania defense is against and like who's his partner? That would be unreal. Yeah, there's a lot. See, that's the great thing about this current era of WWE is that like there's there's a story that's laid out and it seems to make sense and like week to week there's stuff that's But the, any direction they go can make sense now. Like and that's the yes. beautiful thing about yeah. it is that they've they've given themselves options and it's 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 really it's why I'm back watching. I you know, the bloodline's one of the reasons I'm back watching. That clip may get me to back watch because honestly, watching them do the classic where you gotta rub your face. He did the Booker T where Booker T said the end <laughs> It is the Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> like that was so Roman just cracked. He's like, you know what, whatever. They, and he does it on it. purpose. Cause as soon as Sammy says it, he looks at at Jay. And Jay and was like, like, Did that just happen? And no, but he looks so at him and he goes, you watch- he goes, is that true? Because now Roman knows he's going to pull it on him, and he's going to be like, are you yeah. not feeling oozy? Like, he he did it on purpose, right? Oh, it was – but watching, like – so Jay was clearly trying to fight to stay in the moment. Roman just leaned into it, which was fantastic. Jimmy's in the background but loving it. What My question is, did Sammy – like, did they know he was going to do that? No. No. Oh, my God. That's even better because he's sitting there like – Smiling and giggling and his ginger look at, ass look at beard Heyman. and hair. Heyman in the background is just like it. It all just oh, no. works. It all like you know what though? That's the shit that made me a fan when I was younger. Like that's the kind of stuff where it's like they had their serious moments, but kind of like when you watch SNL and they break character, you 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 love those moments because you're like because they're enjoying it, they're having fun, and it makes you have fun in turn. But that like you can you can see the the actual difference, and this is just turned into wrestling corner again. You can see the actual difference. I'm just gonna switch it back to wrestling corner for a second. You can see the actual difference that 
when you don't script promos for guys because guys are out there and they're enjoying the time that they have in the ring while getting the idea over whereas before it was just like it was it was like it felt like vince had them doing basically the old indie thing you tell them the who the what the where the why the when and how like it was always like who are you fighting why are you fighting when is it happening and what is going to happen and how are you going to get there like it was so rigid and just because he didn't trust them and sometimes not good tv makes for amazing tv like if you if you think they're gonna fail sometimes that's really really good like whatever you get out of it and i think you need to just trust these guys and remember when Sami Zayn came into the into the e and like he wasn't very good on the mic um and he's become incredible i mean he hasn't had to be on the mic for 20 years almost he had one phrase and i I will also say, and I don't know if you saw that whole clip, Maddie, or if you just saw the part where Sami Zayn dropped the Usi line, but before that, also shout out to the production crew, because like the camera angles and that, that, that quick zoom onto Roman's facial expression when Jay said, I don't give a damn what the tribal mm-hmm. chief says, and the look on Roman's face of like, I'm going to beat this man's ass for just saying that about me. And the zoom right into Roman's face. And then everyone else's face of like, oh, oh, shit. Like, stuff's about to go down. Like, is this where it happens? Because he, yeah. just, like, he just said something you don't say about Roman Reigns. And then, you know, the Usi thing kind of flipped the whole tension of the situation. Just one of the best wrestling segments I've seen in years. And yeah, I, there's a, there's a, you're right. There's a tension. They manipulate your emotions of tension in that so well from oh my god this is gonna break down to oh everything's good and not just good but hilarious like it's well man it it changes your expectation which then instead of you feeling predictable you're getting something else out of it and you're like and that's key to changing actually that's that's a perfect thing for pro wrestling if you're able to change expectation then you have something and i think that's that's what they have and that was really cool that might make that might get me to start going back and watching highlight packs at minimum. <laughs> PVR it and skip it. That's that's the, that's I, the best hey, way. You never know I might. But that that moment, because that also reminds me of moments of like when The Rock, like, you think you're good? Because last week you beat up somebody named Hooventood? Like <laughs> moments like that, right? Like yeah. that's why I fell in love with wrestling. And like, it just feel like it got so like stiff. And like these guys were like, oh, I'm going to kick your, like there was no more fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyway, we digress. Jim, your shout out. <laughs> well, I'm leaving it on wrestling corner because it's funny. My shout out is actually Roman Reigns because I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone deserves more credit than Roman being able to take possibly the most mediocre uh, main event career and going like balls to the wall, like so good. And I mean. You know, everyone's like, oh, turn John Cena heel, turn Roman heel. I mean, th- the people had it right this time. Like, there's there's something with him as a respectable heel. Like, you still, like, it's funny that his tagline is acknowledge me because you have to acknowledge the fact that it's not a traditional heel in the sense of, like, oh, like The Miz. Like, it's very different in that he's still a badass. He just he gets away with a lot of shit because of his family around him, but he still beats guys. He still has the ability to beat guys. Um, he's not entirely an asshole. He's, 
and his his work uh, there was a scene at the end of the logan paul match where i was like this man is literally on top of the game right now and it's when he's he's got the lay on and he's like he's going up the ramp and he says like almost right in the camera he's like i never want to see this man again like in that moment he put over logan paul even more you know like he looks right there, he's like, i never want to see this man it was it was fantastic it was like i saw on twitter someone compared it to like rocky with apollo being like i never want to fight that like i never want to fight him again like that's that's perfect and like the dude deserves credit for how how good his his acting skills in pro wrestling have gotten as opposed to just like his overall like charisma but like his his timing and acting and when he shit talks people in the camera and he's calling out ksi and mr beast in the camera while he's got logan yeah. paul that's fantastic that was great when he had logan paul in like some submission hold like where's mr beast at <laughs> i died when he said that's that. clever that's very yeah. clever because you're playing into the culture that he comes from right so yeah, yeah. no that's really cool um my shadow honestly like we talked about it it was gonna be mine just because of how often it seems like some of this shit gets swept under the rug for talent and sports i just i mean the bruins players to me to be able to just tell your management to like go fuck yourself essentially for essentially saying what's right instead of being like you know what this guy could help our team whatever let's try and manage the situation they were just like no go away um and i think that just says a lot um and hopefully a good sign going forward for other players and other situations of the like across sports um to say that you know while management may be so focused on winning they don't look at this that we as players as people and as a team don't accept this shit so yeah and i think we we chatted about this yesterday too a little bit like as much as people give shit to a guy like marshawn for being kind of a rat and you know an agitator and annoying and on the ice i think it's a good reminder that off the ice there's probably a guy with a lot of strong character there and that on the ice is, is a job and a role and he does it really well and off the ice i would imagine he's a pretty stand-up dude i mean actually i know he's he's a pretty stand-up dude there's videos of him with fans and how good he is with the people of boston and like that mm-hmm. cell phone thing where he takes the kid's cell phone down the tunnel mm-hmm. um like that's that's just cool shit that you know if you're a prick i don't imagine you do that kind of shit so i might have to order a bruins jersey from china <laughs> she's got a chinese hookup well you could definitely do that james and i will be here to make fun of you on our next episode of 43.6 uh, special shout out to now your treasures make sure you do visit them on instagram and sign up for the contest not sign up a plot mm. Enter. Enter. That's what I'm looking for. Enter go. the contest for one of five prints that you can win. All you have to do is like their post that they're going to make about the contest. You can follow Now Your Treasures on Instagram. It's another way to enter into the contest. You can follow 43.6 to enter into the contest. You can repost their contest post of Now Your Treasures contest, uh, contest post onto your own story and tag Now Your Treasures and tag us. That's another way to enter. And you can comment on that post as well. Tag all your friends into it. Every person you tag is another entry into the contest. And finally, if you comment with hashtag 43.6, that's another way to enter into this contest where you can win one of five prints. So make sure you go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram to make that happen. And we will see all of you next week on 43.6 for episode 31.